Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast. Welcome uh, to my weave den. Indeed, we are in the weave den, we can't leave. <laughs> A den of weaves. Nope, uh, nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you said, no. look, this could have happened in your room. I gave yeah. you the opportunity. It's physically impossible. For it to I, I, I don't even, I do not agree. It's so physic- much bigger, it's bigger than, than this. It's not physically the, impossible. The desk, though, is, make your it desk work. is like a nice desk. Mine has a corner. <laughs> that prevents us from crowding three people behind it. I guess that's true. It would be very difficult It'd to like scooch your desk around. Your desk is made for friendship. <laughs> My desk is made for seclusion. I <laughs> see. Your yeah. desk is made for you to be like a. It's a, a hidey an, hole to keep away from you. Yeah. 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 Who's yeah, yeah, that? Yeah. Got it, got it. Fair enough, yeah. I think this is probably the third time we've done the show from the weed den. Uh, mm-hmm. We have a slightly better setup this time. We have two microphones. There's one up there, I promise. <gasps> oh, yeah. So <gasps> This show always sounds a bit weird because we're never used to being in the same room and never used to having the microphones have to actually think about that, you know? It's, yeah. But no, it's, it'll be fine, yeah. We're going to do a slightly shorter show today. Uh, Jesse has uh, very important things to do with uh, YouTube. Oh, me? Yes. With, uh, oh, congratulations me? on uh, getting YouTube red money. Very much, uh, very well done. <laughs> yeah, getting the money. Uh, <laughs> not me. It ain't me getting the money. Shout out to every other person involved. It ain't me, though. Indeed. I'm talking mostly about BlizzCon, of course, today on the show. Our sponsor for the show today is the one and only Squarespace. So we'll be improving our ad later. I'm sure that will go really well. Mm-hmm. Can't wait, can't wait. But before we start the show... Uh, we're going to get slightly serious for maybe a minute or two before we get into the goofs and stuff. Of course, the U.S. election is tomorrow. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah. If you are able to vote, please go and do that. We're not going to tell you who to vote for. We're not going to get into all that bullshit, but I think it's probably safe to say it's one of the most important elections in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen afterwards is going to affect a lot of people one way or the other. And we're not just talking about the presidency, we're talking about things like congressional elections. There's a lot of... There are a lot of people up for up for vote this time, and even lo- voting locally is super important. And there are, you know, issues that affect some of us. Uh, for instance, uh, marijuana legalization is on the ballot in nine states, to the point where if it does go through, that uh, Obama himself said that's going to change federal policy most likely, because they don't have a choice anymore, you know? Fact, for real, though, thanks, you know, Obama. Indeed. Like, I mean, so it. I mean, though, thanks. Yeah, I'm, 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 gl- I'm glad, you know, if he finally mentioned that. But, you know, it's that's a more big deal. That's not just like, oh, I want to smoke weed. It's like, you know, that that has a lot of medicinal uses. Uh, for me in particular, you know, uh, hey, I'll just say it straight up. It's illegal in North Carolina, you know, and CBD oil in particular is very, very ha- helpful for people who are going through chemotherapy. Um, it's helpful for kids who are suffering seizures. There are a lot of applications and we, we it's blocked, you know, it, in our state and that's the sort of thing you know, that's just one of many issues that is really important to a lot of people and you can genuinely make a difference on it by going out and voting tomorrow yeah. Yeah. and i'm not going to judge you for who you vote for i just want you to vote i just don't want you to sit at home doing nothing because we've seen what happens when people do that you know bad things can happen so you know mm-hmm. if if you are available to vote in the united states tomorrow or you've done so already of course by early voting great you know just go vote Seriously, go vote. Yeah, there are tons of measures in every state that you can vote on that can make some big changes. Do your research. Figure out figure out what you want to do, what you want to vote for. Yeah, more so than like any other year. 
I think this is a, a year when your vote matters. It, it genuinely does. A lot of states are up for grabs that wouldn't have been otherwise because this is such a different election. So, you know, there's no such thing as a safe state at this point, And there's no such thing as my vote doesn't matter. It does. It really does. So go do it. Please go vote. Don't be apathetic. Yeah, because you just take the A away from apathetic. And what is that spell? Hold on. I got this one. Now I'm kidding. Pathetic. Yeah, indeed. Don't do that. Don't be pathetic, please. Go go do your, your civic duty or whatever. We still got time. We, got still, we still got time for jokes. Just, you know, <laughs> go vote, dum-dums. Don't yeah. be stupid. Yeah. Go vote first and we'll joke, we'll joke later. Cool. All right. We got that out of the way. Just wanted to make sure that we said that. You know, we, ha we have a bit of a following and an audience and an influence. We do have some level of responsibility to at least encourage people to do cool shit. So... Let's talk about some cool shit. Because we were at BlizzCon. At Dodger, your first ever BlizzCon? No, this is my third. Third, yes. You, you don't go there all that often, but you... No. I go on the years when either a lot of, like, friends that I haven't seen in a while are going to be there, or when I think that something really cool is going to happen. Um... <laughs> so what was that like this year? <laughs> I was oh, going to say, yeah. Yeah, what was that like? up not being... Look, a lot of people were like, something Diablo's going to happen. I know it. And I, I mean, they weren't wrong. You mean, this, like, you mean this yeah. guy right here? <laughs> we got Necromancers, which I'm excited about. They're fun to play, but... It, it's. I think people were certainly hoping for a big expansion announcement, mm -hmm. and they didn't get it, but they did get a fairly significant chunk of content because mm -hmm. it's not just the, I mean, the class being added alone is a big deal, you know? Mm -hmm. Games like that, when it comes to their content, a class is content. It's major content. It yeah. changes the way that you play the game. Even if you're not that guy, if you're grouping with a guy that is, that changes the way that you fight. That gives you more tools to play with. It changes your experience. But they are also adding a new dungeon, which I believe is Diablo 1 themed for the anniversary. Yes. Um, and also along with Necromancer, there's um, a bunch of other stuff that's all going to come in like a pack that you have to buy. You don't just get Necromancer, you have yes. to buy it. There's uh, two new character slots. There is going to be, uh, they're redoing um, Greater Rifts. Mm -hmm. they're, they're doing a bunch of different stuff. And this all goes to the idea that right now Diablo 3 is awesome. And it sucks that its initial launch was pretty this crap. So bad. It was. And yeah, a lot no of people wrote it off then. But now they're putting a lot of work into it, and, and I'm all I can say is, having pestered them, I did an interview with the devs at BlizzCon. Was like, next year, what's what's going on? What you got? Because everything you're talking about, the Diablo, um, Diablo One retro, like you go back to Diablo One. There's gonna be a portal that you go through and you go back, and you can redo all of that. That's in January, but it's only for the month, and then will be every January every year from now on. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Which means, at least in their mind, they're going to continue Diablo 3 for a very long time. Sure. Um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's definitely a sign of development support. It's also a, an interesting sign that the last couple of years, Blizzard has sort of been a very monolithic old school developer right where they've done things in a very specific way when everyone else stopped doing expansions they kept doing expansion packs because that was the way they did it and i'm talking about premium level you know 40 to 50 dollar expansion packs that no other company was doing because yeah. they changed to the more sort of mobile and uh, nimble dlc model and these expansion packs were chock full of content and things like that and now, sort of for the first time, we are seeing, we saw it with StarCraft a bit earlier with the Nova mission packs, that they're showing a bit more flexibility. They're willing to make less content for less money mm -hmm. and give people the option to go for that. I don't hate that. 
really. I think no. that the issue with it is that you've got to do it on a more regular basis. Right. Uh, you know, things like the Nova mission packs, I think the third and final mission pack is on its way. And December then, 1st, I think, yeah, is and, launch. And, and there's no announcements or kind of plans, as far as we know, for more stuff like that. So if you're going down that particular business model, I think what you need to do is convince people, look, there's going to be regular content drops, you know, premium content drops for a reasonable price, you know, the pricing being super important. And we don't know how much this pack will cost, do we? I imagine it'd be something very much along the lines of the Nova DLC. Probably 10, 15, yeah. I think. But that that doesn't come until later, like March-ish, they said. So yeah. you get, no matter what, for free, the Diablo one in January, mm -hmm. March, April, something like that, you're going to have the Necromancer. And then they were like, but there's more stuff coming in 2017. I was like, what's that mean? Yeah. It's, and they were like, more things. I was like, but is that like an expansion? And they're like, more things. So at least they have a plan of what they're going to do with Diablo for the next year, at least. Yeah. Right. It's always good to put a roadmap out with stuff like that. I think the weird thing about stuff like season passes is as much as they're kind of reviled by a lot of people, they are kind of a guarantee of support for at least a, a year. You know, you say, oh, there's a season pass. There's going to be four big content drop DLCs. So you know when you buy a game that there will be more content coming and that the game will at least be supported, at least for a year anyway. I think when you don't have that kind of information, there is a degree of uncertainty and people are like, well, I, do I want to really keep investing my time in this game? Because I don't know if it's going to fizzle out at some point. And on PC in particular, the level of competition is so high that I think like over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of, a lot of sort of discussion of like, oh, this game's going to be dead in a couple of months. This game doesn't have a community or a player right. base. People getting super paranoid about even buying into a game because like, oh, well, is the player base big enough? Or that kind of thing. Um, there's been a lot of discussion and we'll get into Infinite Warfare later around the, that and with Titanfall 2 mm. of how big is the community for that. And like, well, I don't want to buy in because like what happens, you know, because if a community falls to a certain level, you're going to have difficulty finding games mm -hmm. and the matchmaking is going to go to hell because we don't use a fucking server system anymore because mm. I assume we've lost our damn minds I, I do feel like Blizzard has been experimenting a lot though with how to consistently put out content like the speaking of seasons the the seasonal Diablo stuff I think has kept people coming back. Like, yes, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people who each season will be like, "Right, time to make a new seasonal hardcore character," and then that dies, and you're like, "Right, see y'all next season." Yeah. Right? Um, so that's been nice. And then with Hearthstone, it's been interesting seeing them sort of delineate between this is this is a big pack of new cards and this is an adventure. Adventure, yes. Um, that sort of stuff. I, I do think that they're experimenting a lot to see what sort of things help with the longevity of a game because they have so many like really good quality games in lots of different spaces to mm -hmm. sort of play with. Yeah, in a weird position now where they do have some free-to-play games in that portfolio, whereas you know, that wasn't the case a few years ago. It was all premium games. Mm -hmm. So you can't necessarily use the same content development strategy for a free-to-play game as you can for a premium game. But regardless of that, the importance of regular content updates, even for premium games, has vastly increased. We yeah. saw the concern about Overwatch... You know, obviously we had uh, Sombra drop, which we knew was eventually coming. Good lord, finally. 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 Everybody was like, she's gonna hack BlizzCon! And I mean, I get, I guess she did. Like I was so disappointed. I was hoping they'd go for, like, <laughs> Morheim on stage. The whole BlizzCon gets hacked, and he's like, oh, what? And then, like, Jeff Kaplan's hacking wires in the back. <laughs> like, they made a video. That'd be so funny. And they were just like, eh, make it a trailer. 
They could have. They could have gone crazy with it. They could have. And I think because of the way that they marketed that idea of like she's gonna have bliss, I think a lot of us did go above and beyond. I, yeah, I wanted to be way it. crazier. <laughs> I think it was cute like, how they Blizz did God it. Blizzcon is falling apart. I think it's cute how they did it. They did like a video of, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the launch of Overwatch. Overwatch has been doing like... pretty good. Yeah. But, but, then that brings up other questions, Jeff. Why is she hacking the real world? Is this the real world? What's the real world, Jeff? Nobody knows. It's a mystery. It will continue think about to be it. a mystery. The ARG's done now, right? Like, we're done. I hope, I hope so. The ARG's done, right? <laughs> like, I'm tired of that. I hope it's God. over forever. Me too. Yeah, it's, uh, they, like, overall, for BlizzCon, obviously, we'll keep diving in on more of the specifics. Like, the feel for a lot of people was that this was going to be an off year. Mm -hmm. They often have that as an issue where one year, it'll be major because there's either an expansion release or maybe a new game announcement or anything. Uh, the you know, This is a bit of an off year. There was an expansion announcement, of course, Hearthstone. Mm -hmm. uh, the mean streets of Gadgetsan, which looks like a really looks great fun. theme. Yeah, uh, there's some there's some really cool cards in there. There's one in particular I love the idea of. It lets you create a custom spell. Oh, cool. Yeah, they uh, sort of went overboard with the discovery mechanics where you can... Yes, yeah, that's get, exactly how I'd put it. That could, they, they, and that card could be a problem on online play because it could drag out. I don't know how long, like, because people will be like, oh, I'm picking, I'm picking. It's like, come on. Plus your going. turn's winding down, I yeah. imagine. Yeah, you have to... Uh, basically, it's a combination of cards. Like, I think the first choice is what the mana cost is. It's like either 1, 5, or 10 or something. And then based on what you pick, you then get like two or three more effects you can add from mm. a choice of three each. So you sort of model them together, make your custom spell. Someone might spend a lot of time doing that and you're just waiting for this guy to be done. Thankfully, it's a legendary, so you can only play it once most right. of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> uh, but you know, that expansion uh, certainly looks fun, but that's kind of what we said about the last one and the meta right now for Hearthstone's boring a lot of people. But I, I think that it'll be fun, this idea of having three factions and there being specific cards that only three classes can use. Like, I, yes. I think that that's a cool idea. Yeah, I, I do like that. It's That's actually quite similar to uh, what goes on with Plants vs. Zombies Heroes, the way that they did the classes in that. Mm. They have a lot more classes in that game than Hearthstone mm -hmm. has. But what they did was they had, like, groups, uh, basically factions of cards, and the heroes were a mix of two of those in yeah. combination with a bunch of set of, a set of unique power cards for that hero. I think that's a really cool way of doing things because maybe you like one aspect of a particular faction, but you want to mix it with something else. So finding a hero that lets you specifically do that is cool. And obviously Hearthstone up to this point has been very restrictive. And it's like, no, you can't have other class cards outside right. of very specific weird circumstances like Burgle or, you know, <laughs> right. or playing... Uh, <laughs> The pa that paladin card that nobody ever plays that's like you get a paladin spell you know so yeah i like i like that idea that is a good advancement mm -hmm. uh whether or not it solves the problem that hearthstone currently has with sort of the stagnant meta and the idea that 90 percent of the cards are still shit i don't know if that's it's going to help that mm -hmm. i think a lot of us really like to enjoy hearthstone on a casual basis and even if we go on unranked we get murdered by top meta net decks yeah right I was hoping more than expansion of cards, it was going to be another story mod they were going to add to it. Another little, where you could play with those gangs yeah. and get like your own little adventure based on who you chose. I was hoping for that. I was like, cards are cool. That is but... what the trailer seems to be, yeah. right? Like there was going to be the story of three rival gangs and like, I was yeah. down. I was, I was like, oh damn, they're going to make like a story mode. 
and you're gonna be a gadget set, and it's like, oh, this is cool. It's like, look at these cards. I watched the panel, I was like, oh, oh it's just cards. <laughs> like, all right, that's cool, but it's not like the Hearthstone I love to play. I love to play the one where I'm like, run around with Reno, and we're finding treasures. And... Yeah, you love the adventures. Yeah, you know? yeah. And sort of the either or is, I suppose, cool because they both appeal to different kinds of player, and that's probably why they do the adventure expansion, adventure expansion. Mm -hmm. But the problem with, I suppose, the metagame is that if you don't regularly change cards, which they they have always been super unwilling to alter shitty cards, yeah. which for me is bizarre because it's a digital game. There's really no excuse. They very rarely change cards, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, it... It, it, when it's at the point where it happens, it's actually a big deal. You know, it's big news. But, you know, or smaller regular cards, of like, we're going to release three new cards this week, or, or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Clash Royale's been doing really well with that lately. They've been like, we're going to release, like, a new card every week or so. Mm -hmm. You know? And uh, we're going to do stuff that makes it easier to get them, so you're not, like, so worried about it being random. And that that's kept the meta fresh right. as a result. Whereas a lot of people have been complaining a lot about, oh god, well if you don't play Tempo Shaman or whatever, you're screwed. Shaman just rules the ladder or whatever. If you want to try something new, well, there's no mode to do that in outside of Tavern Brawl. Mm -hmm. you know? Even if you do unranked, people are going to play the same decks. Even if you play wild, it's just the same decks plus Dr. Boom, usually. <laughs> you know, uh, I just... I, I know it's kind of a weird expectation that you should be able to play suboptimally and still have fun, mm -hmm. but without a mode to do that outside of just playing with friends and that that can cause it can be a problem it's it's definitely made me less interested in the game right and um, oh, oh, go for it no you go i was saying and as the price in, like as more and more expansions come out that's a it's a higher cost game to play yeah because so they phase some of them out like yeah you know, which makes sense to some degree i understand why they do it like magic has to do the same thing right because otherwise the tournament scene can be really silly but Again, that focus on competitive, as we've said, can be a real albatross if you're not careful. Um, I was going to say, I do think that they're trying to sort of stop that in its tracks with Overwatch, with the arcade mode that they're adding yes. in. Um, mm -hmm. Just sort of giving people more opportunities to be like, here are a lot of ways that you can play this game and not have to worry about like ranked bullshit about any of that, right? Yeah, I really like the what I heard about that 3v3 elimination mode. Mm -hmm. That actually sounds like it might be up my alley. Uh, weird enough, that sounds like, oh, that sounds an awful lot like Battle Right, actually. I wonder if you've been looking at how well that's been doing and thinking, oh, would people play a similar thing in Overwatch? Actually, mm -hmm. yeah, I might. I might. There's also a 1v1. Uh, Jeff, I know you're watching. Jeff, I know you're watching. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Jeff does not watch this show. Um, <laughs> please keep the achievements for everything, because 1v1 against a very helpful fan is the only way I'm getting that Lucio wall kill <laughs> achievement. It's the only way that's happening. I've tried so hard. Killing people on a wall is a skill I do not possess. Mm -hmm. And I want that achievement because I want a little spray in it. Just let me have it. 1v1. <laughs> And I'm just going to murder. I'll be like, just die three times really quick. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's all I want. That's, that's all I'm going to get those. I'm terrible. I'm not great at that game. Yeah. But by God, I want that achievement. I'm going to cheat my way to doing it. 1v1. Thanks. Thanks, Jeff. I do love that the 1v1 makes it so that you don't get you don't get to choose anything. <laughs> the game just chooses yes. a character, and you're both that character, and then you... <laughs> to try to like beat the other person i think that's so funny those that's how i'm getting those achievements that's mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, because I think today is when they're changing up quick play, right? They're making it so that you can't have multiples of the same hero on your team in quick play anymore. Oh, they're finally is doing that? that. Because I know they've yeah. already done that in competitive, haven't they? Yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why in arcade mode, um, there's the 6v6, like, anything goes. Mm -hmm. Because that's, that's sort of... The fun what quick play used to be. Yeah. 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 I, I still don't, I think in casual, I still don't 100% agree with only one hero per team. I think two is a good limit mm -hmm. because there there are certain cool strategies that is the double up on one hero that are not completely broken and interesting. Well, I think their plan is to try and make quick play not casual. It's the, I want to be competitive, but I don't want to like have, oh, yeah, it, so like, have, like, have that in the ring. middle and then have arcade, arcade as the is truly casual, casual stuff. mode. Yeah. Which right. is all right. I'm fine with that. But. I, boy, do I miss the days when quick play was just jump in and goof around. <laughs> five, and not, nice. five Winstons, one Lucio, let's and go. And not yeah. as serious as it is now. You're like, why are you so serious? Go to the other one. Yeah. There's literally a competitive mode built where they're like, yeah, but I can't test new abilities there. Mm -hmm. You can. <laughs> Nothing's stopping you, first you, off. You There's sure also can. a training mode. You can fight like NPCs and stuff. There's, But like, yeah, but you don't get the competitive nature. Like, no one here is... I'm playing a character that I suck at trying to learn abilities. Yeah. And having fun. Like you need to chill out. I got I got super issues with that, but whatever. Mm. Um Yeah, and then there's the all brawls. And I'm excited for all Down. brawls. All brawl. I I love all of the brawls that have happened and I love the idea of just having a playlist of brawls where you just hop in there and it's like here's a fucking weird thing. Yeah. All right, cool, you finished that. Here's another fucking weird thing. Yeah. <laughs> I I mean, I think I love brawls in every game. Clash Royale's getting brawls by the way. Is it? Yeah, really? I, I think it just got its first one, uh, which is pretty neat. But That'd yeah, awesome. put a brawl in every game. It's you know, change up the rule set, do all sorts of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um StarCraft 2 continues to push that on the co-op. We actually had a literal on-stage show match doing what was basically a brawl. Nice. We got two teams of pro gamers together, and we said we're doing the BlizzCon co-op mutation challenge. Like, the, the devs are going to come up with a set of mutations that is basically undefeatable. You have to survive as long as possible. Oh, we don't. We're not going to tell you, of course, what you're going to get hit by. Right. And it was they were playing co-op. I think uh, Nova and Alarak were their two heroes they were using, and they had to fight against the most bizarre, insane shit. Like, 30, <laughs> 30 seconds into the game, the death beam comes down onto the board and starts slowly moving around. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that's that's bad, but not too bad, because at least it's over there. It won't bother us till later. Then shit starts to get bad, because they throw in power overwhelming, which is any unit can randomly cast any ability in the game. So they come up against the enemy units and immediately the Psy Storm's coming down, there's fungal growth, the Seeker missiles coming out, which are nukes and stuff. And it's like, well, that's bad. But <laughs> later on, they made it so that when you kill a unit, it spawns broodlings. Oh, the broodlings can also cast spells, by the way. Just, <laughs> of course. Ju just to screw with you even more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it got, um, it was it was actually really surprisingly entertaining to watch two pro gamers suffer through that and, and try to beat the other guy's time. And right. to the point where I'm like, wow, actually, like, what a cool little format. Not only is that really fun to play, and I'm really glad that they're continuing to develop that mode and they've put a lot of focus on that mode because I think people love the co-op in StarCraft 2. Mm -hmm. They announced the new uh, commander, which is playable on the floor, Alexei Stukov. He's all about infested Terran units. Okay. A few years ago, they showed this cool concept art for the idea of an infested bunker, which grew legs and started warring across the map. They decided to put it in. Yes. That's one of his units. <laughs> he has an infested bunker that can walk around on its own little legs, which I thought was really cool. 
And there's so many choices now to play that mode in because you can use all of those mutators. You can set your own uh, challenge up. Right. And you can pick random ones. And there's a weekly challenge that has new ones. That's awesome. And you think about that as a content retention method. You know, very similar to the way you were describing Diablo Seasons. Mm -hmm. you know, in a premium game that still keeps people interested in coming back on a week-to-week -week basis. Right. And that's what the Tavern Brawls do in Hearthstone. But to me, they're almost like not quite enough. That's exactly how I feel. Enough. They're just not enough. Um, Heroes keeps trying to... Heroes of the Storm keeps trying to do, um, like, lots of feelers into other games things to keep people mm -hmm. interested. I don't know whether... As a person who doesn't really play it, I don't know whether or not that's worked, but, like, right now they have the whole Oni Genji thing, and... Well, that's Blizzard in general. That's Blizzard strategy. It's and, like, and you're, you're, not a, you're not a Heroes of the Storm fan, you're a Blizzard fan, you know? Right. And we want you in that ecosystem. Right. I'll be the first to admit that when I saw the Genji thing, I was like, all right, I'm in for a month of Heroes. <laughs> I guess I'll play some yeah. Heroes of the Storm. Uh, with the, with I came back when they added Braxis Holdout for, yeah. the, you know, the StarCraft one, and I'm going to come back again because the Ragnaros. Dude. Yeah. That, we said this, we keep saying this, when they do announcements like that, that's when we're like, this is actually what we wanted out of Heroes. Like, we want you to throw the rule book out the window. Yeah. With oh what God. characters you can make. And the Blackwater Revenge map looks so great. So they, so the two new heroes they showed, uh, Varian Rin is a hero that it starts out just like a, a melee character, but at a certain point, I don't remember if it was level 7 or what level it was, you eventually get to decide whether you want to have a shield or you want to have a two-handed sword or two swords. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, that's cool. And it changes the way you play this character. Yeah. So two swords, you're just wailing away. One sword, you're doing a lot of damage, you're slower. And the shield, you're now a tank. Uh, it's cool. I think he plays very much like how you would expect a MOBA character to play. Um, then I played Ragnaros and played him like five times in a row. Tell people how Ragnaros works because it's like, well, it's like a mindfuck. Yeah, stuff, so right? Ragnaros is the rag you expect. There are no legs. It's exactly how you know and love rag. And he rides a wave of lava. And <laughs> he has Sulfurious that he uses. He has an ability that, that destroys people with Sulfurious. And, and you get a quest... That I think is great. That makes that stronger, um, or you can choose to just by killing uh, little tiny like NPCs. And so eventually, by the end of the, the game, you have this like giant ass hammer you're just destroying everyone with. Um, he rolls boulders. He can his alts are one is he just it's a stun, but the other one is maybe my favorite alt in the game, and it's totally useless. It, only idiots will be killed by it, but it looks amazing. A giant wave of lava comes down an entire lane. And if you're caught in it, you're murdered. <laughs> so a That's smart amazing. person just runs in the jungle, but anything in that lane is just vaporized. And it's, mwah, it looks great. But the big thing that makes him really fun is that you can take over any destroyed enemy base or your base and become this giant version of yourself and just start destroying everything. You have a giant, like, almost, like, 180 swing. You launch, like, fireballs from the sky explosions move under people you basically have all the abilities he had during the fight when you fought ragnaros yes it's awesome i was like this is what i wanted i played him way too much i was in the press room just like f it i'm going back in let's see what we can do i loved it and i i'm not ashamed to admit that like i shit on blizz heroes all the time i love this i thought that character was on point i was like all right you got me i'll play yeah yeah, I mean, I think it's overall, it's a pretty good game. I think that their business model for it is really pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that <coughs> even I look at the skin costs and the hero costs and sort of raise an eyebrow. 
when I got back into it, I thought, you know, maybe there's just a big pack I can buy to catch up with them. It's like, wow, that's actually a lot of money if I want to make sure I have access to all of that content. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you can obviously earn heroes through play, but obviously that does take a long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't mind paying like a lot for a good skin, especially if it has custom VO work and stuff. Great. That's fine. You want to do premium $15, $20 skin? Sure. But some of the hero costs are a bit excessive, yeah. I think. And that's hard skin to stomach. And, yeah, all of it's... it's the, the thing I think that's interesting with Blizzard is they can get away with a lot of overcharging based on how passionate the fan base is. Mm-hmm. And it's something that should always be addressed with Blizzard because they do it for every one of their games. Because the fans are passionate and they're like, a new mount... Great, I'll fork over 25 bucks for that. And it's right. like, yeah, but that's like... Again? All right. <laughs> All right, sure. Like, um, and, and with Blizz Heroes, with Heroes of Storm, they did that to like the nth degree. Everything in that game is just a little bit more than it should be. Like, and, and you're just like, that. it doesn't feel right, but man, do I want that skin. Right. But boy, do I feel bad having just bought that because it never is really quite worth the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to me almost like um, they should maybe look a little bit at what Dota did with uh, giving like random item unlocks sometimes and maybe do something with that. Maybe have like a chest that you open at the end of a game or after five games that contains something, kind of like Overwatch. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's a chance it contains a new hero or like one of the lower level skins or something. Um, Just it'll give people more of an impression that they're not being milked really hard for the content right. that's there. Well, and, and the thing I think that does that a lot is you get gold and you get experience and all stuff and you can use it to buy things, but then they sell stim packs, which makes it just go faster, which is a very MOBA kind of marketing thing mm-hmm. that I'm thrilled Overwatch doesn't have. Overwatch is you play and then you get packs. Yeah. And there is no, like, you don't feel like... You may not be getting cheated out of money or and experience and gold in Heroes, but... Because there are stim packs, there's the impression that you are unless you buy those. Right. Overwatch, yeah, there's no question. You just you just play. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes y- you get that next box faster than you think you will. You're just like, that was only two games. How the hell did I level up so quickly? And yet people, that's why you see people who are like level 200, 300 in Overwatch. Because it's actually really easy. You just play. Mm-hmm. And you level up. And yeah. and it's all and that's all cosmetic, you know. Yeah. And I'm glad they went down that route. I think it, it was very tempting to make Overwatch a freemium game, and people can still say, "Oh, well, it is freemium." You know, you buy it up front, and they're still selling skins. But I I'm still stick to the the same mantra that selling cosmetics, even in a premium game, is fine. I don't have a problem with that. It's not a big deal as, as long as you have another way to to get them. That's fine. But those boxes are often full of tap, there's no doubt. You know, like, you open a box, it's like, oh, great, three sprays and a th- voice line that I won't use. They could they could do better with that, certainly. But I don't but again, find it a big deal. I mean, you get boxes so fast in that game that eventually those... those tat pieces that become you get gold become gold and, and then that's you how yes. skins. that's literally how i afforded almost everything in the halloween same uh, yeah same with sam i, I had so much extra halloween gold i was like all right so screw it yeah i mean i bought a bunch of boxes like dupe 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 but you know it's it's fine again it's, it's cosmetics whatever mm-hmm. you know it, it's mildly irksome whereas hero's model is 
like oh he oh it's actual heroes <laughs> actually, oh okay right that's yeah i mean yeah yes, you are a free-to-play game but you know we're judging it by different rules as a result but still right. uh, especially when heroes heroes are doing well enough but it's not it's not dominant you know that that esports scene has got a big boost now that they've announced that league and um, we can talk about that with overwatch as well actually mm -hmm. the two big esports announcements really were that both heroes and overwatch will have an official league structure Right. going into 2017 with regional qualifiers and all that sort of thing mm -hmm. they want for overwatch in particular they want regional teams kind of like almost by city Which to I some think degree is weird uh, here's the thing i'm with you on this i think that that's a weird model for uh, it, it to me it it it's it, it's either going to go two ways it's going to offer a lot of opportunities to people who who couldn't get into the team network and structure that exists now mm -hmm. which is for the most part who you know based yeah. rather than skill. And it, it might change that. But at the same time, it feels like there's a lot of, like it's controlled. Right. It's a, and I, I've been saying that about Blizzard and their esports forever. Like they love to have this like sense of we control all of it. It's our IP, so we control what happens. And everyone sort of knows that like most esports happens naturally from the ground up. Where people want to see more, and so the company's like, "Oh crap, we should probably do this." Mm -hmm. And Blizzard's the reverse. They're like, "You want this as an esport, and we're gonna make it for you." I mean, and so I just—it's either gonna be one of the two. Like, it's either gonna be a great opportunity for people. It could be both. It could be a great opportunity that's just very controlled. I don't know. I have no clue. I mean, I—I I think that in the, in the big scheme of things, having leagues where esports takes itself as seriously as normal sports do is is good that's true but look i've seen every vision of a post-apocalyptic future <laughs> sure and you know and I'm, follow me here follow me here <laughs> and, and you yeah wednesday mm -hmm. I've, I've seen to wednesday um but every one of those every time there's like a death race or some league of some sort or like a doom ball or whatever the evil corporations, the one who runs the league, not like a league <laughs> official. My question is, who is the league official running your leagues? Because I don't think it should be anyone associated with like, like a Blizzard employee. Right. Like it should be an an, an person who's sort of outside of that structure. Because once it's, I mean, you're basically making a corporate league at that point, which means that everything that happens in this is designed, and you know it would be, it'd be designed to like synergize and promote back on itself and do all that stuff that is not like it like no you see all the scandals that happen with all the leagues we have now and those already have all these checks and balances in place that are just straight up ignored right so if those don't exist going into your league like i'm just i'm curious what this will mean because it's huge it's big news i just don't know what any of it means right it's, I mean, we've seen what Riot did with LCS. Um, obviously, it was successful, but LCS still has a lot of problems mm -hmm. in terms of the way that it works. And it's only very, very recently that they've been trying to pull back on some of those rules that have been seriously restricting what sponsors can do with that game. Mm -hmm. Because the teams are saying, look, if we, if we get knocked out of the main LCS, you know, top tier division... Basically, our sponsors get no exposure anymore. Like, the team essentially falls apart. We get, of course, you don't get salary. And they've also been super restrictive, apparently, with what these guys can do. I mean, we hell, we heard stories that they tried, I believe, unsuccessfully to get a team to take down 
a piece of promotional material for a sponsor on its own YouTube channel. Yes. An LCS team. Yes. They tried to, mm-hmm. yeah, they tried to overreach their authority that far. And that's ridiculous. It's like, dude, you, you realize that these teams, the money there, you know, the, what keeps them running on a month to month is not your fairly low salary. It's, it's the sponsorship. Like yep. these are real companies. You can't right. treat them as if, you have full control over them. And Riot's been exercising a ton of control there. And there's always that risk that when you create uh, something like the Overwatch League that Blizzard tries to do the same thing with it. And people, look, people in power always try to overreach. Always. And so you just got to be, like, someone has to be there to check them. And I think just, uh, Blizzard ain't going to listen to me, but I think as a tip, I would say, you should have some sort of uh, impartial, like a, a, a league president supervisor someone who is not an employee of your company right. be the one helping create the rules and the standards and the things for your league or else even the even the fact that your company is involved is going to bring up questions like why do they do this and what was this about and it automatically seems a little seedy do you think that um do you think that there would be a benefit to that person having a history in traditional sports or do I- you think that that would bring in just more like kind of weird Past corruption. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I personally have wouldn't some care. People. Yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't I care. think I'd create a team which has people from both traditional sports and from esports, you know, and have them work together and put their heads together because there's right. there's always good ideas we can take from Absolutely. the more traditional sports scene. But then you know, our scene is different. Esports is different and requires a different mindset. So you know, get a group of there's some very talented people in this industry that could very easily advise and manage that Mm -hmm. and you know ultimately the league has got to be open to third-party sponsorship it's got to be sponsor friendly and blizzard in particular is let's be honest a very controlling company they always have been because they are one of those old school titans they're a monolithic old company that's been very successful with a particular way of doing things mm-hmm. and it's only fairly recently in their history that they've really opened up to being more flexible and working with more third parties yeah everything was like internal 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 we've got to do everything with people we have under contract that we know and these you know this kind of thing i'm hoping is a sign that again they're continuing to open up uh let's get into that detail actually you were talking about you know, you found the whole idea of the regional teams to be very weird like uh what do you think about that i i just think that it's bizarre because it's not it's not the sort of thing where you need to all be in the same place um so i think having it be regional to that extent is is strange it's a strange way to go about it i yeah i'm, I'm with you on this i think that i mean most people know some of the best teams in the world are people from all over mm-hmm. on a team I think it'll be interesting to see statistically, like from a like a sciencey point of view, who the best players are and where they're at. Right. So a lot of people think like, oh well, this area probably has a lot of good players, but it could be like in the middle of nowhere. There's five guys who are stone yeah. cold. It is killers. worth noting, by the way, that the preseason does involve a big draft of free agents, and tra- mm-hmm. similar to traditional sports, you can bring in people from outside that region. Ah, in fact, okay. that's like. That's kind of how it works, really. Uh, you know, with traditional sports, you know, where you know Kobe goes to a different, a different state, different city, etc. Mm-hmm. Their plan with it, with the city franchise system, is that team owners are supposed to be bidding for certain regions, like local regions, God. and the teams will be branded in a regional way to try and encourage not only inter-region competition but also 
uh, very partisan support. You know, I live in the East Coast, or even like like go with Fighters. I live in New York. I'm gonna support the New York Overwatch team because I and the same reason I support the New York Yankees or whatever. Right. Uh, that that's their plan with it, um, because they've certainly seen, especially with their experience with StarCraft Two, that they ran into a situation where the best players were players that the casual fans didn't care about because they were the South Koreans. Right. Uh, but they wanted to cheer for their guys, but their guys couldn't get a look in because they were too they were far too far down the totem pole. They they couldn't win, and that's been, that's been a problem for StarCraft for years. And they've been trying to fix that the last couple of years. So I think with this in particular, they wanted to start off from the perspective of we need good regional competition because that's how we get the casuals to support those teams. Right. That makes sense. So it's not that. So they're bidding for a spot in certain regions. Is is the idea? So a team would bid for. Uh, I want to be one of the Asian teams, or I want to be an American team. I yes. guess is what they're saying. Yeah. So once the bid's accepted, according to what I'm reading here, they would be guaranteed a spot within that regional league. So it would be, I believe, regional would be like Americas, Europe, China, Korea, uh, Asia, Asia Pacific, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, mm-hmm. and. It would. I imagine they would either base. They would be, probably base their team house in. Right. Like, hey, we'll do New York or whatever. There, there'd probably be a requirement to recruit maybe a certain number of players from that area, and then maybe you can bring in a few free agents from outside, and sort of build build those hubs. I guess. I yeah. I think I would. I, I know they talk about bidding. I was hoping I'd see something about bidding on players. Yes, right. that's because yeah. So the way the preseason works. And they want to make a big deal out of this. Is in the preseason, there's a global talent pool. Basically, that's proven stars, and through the leaderboards, there'll right. be a list of everyone who hasn't already signed will be a free agent. Uh, and then teams will publicly be signing them and drafting them and building rosters in a way that's that's very public, very open. Very that visual. yeah, that you know, very much like the the way the NFL does their mm-hmm. draft is huge deal, hugely visual. That's a that's a big sp- entertainment. And sports event of the year, the the draft. I said, I assume they want to emulate that, right? And let have it less be behind closed doors. A, yeah, we're just going to put the team together. Have it be a very public bidding thing. And in doing that, you can build stars. You can make people care yep. about certain players before they even start playing in the league. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited what that will do for players. They've always been a real like stickler on the fact that I continually see it's just young it's young kids who this is 17 18 19 20 21 where it's like you're giving these years of your life to play this game and after your time's over like either you made some cash and you came out a star or you're back to square one yeah it's like what do you do now so the idea that they're being bid on means at least they're gonna make something yeah because and I'm hoping that we're going to see like outbids and like like crazy draft. I'll trade you this and this. I want to see that aspect of it where these players who are the real stars, it's not that look, it's not the teams. Yeah. No. It's it's the players. The no. players are the real stars and I want to see those guys really become uh, the as much as I want to like see people wear tempo storm things and cloud nine things. I really want to see people with like the shirt of a with player. With Crusher 99? Yes! <laughs> they make Crusher 99? I want to yeah. see that. And I I loved that trailer they made. I was Me like... Too. I actually did. Is... It was a bit cheese, but I got the point. Yeah. yeah. Even they were like... And then people hated on them. I was like, 
This is the realest trailer it they have ever... It got super dark. Yeah. We, we were all watching it backstage in the StarCraft area. Um, and, you know, we were sort of giggling along with it a little bit. And then when it went super dark, when everything fell apart, and we were like, whoa, we identify with this. Yeah. <laughs> this actually happened to most of the people yeah. in this room at some point. And they were like, then you fuck your ass back. And like, this is some rocky shit right here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is exactly what people going into esports need to see. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, this isn't easy. None of this is easy. And if, even if you're good... You still might have a shitty time. Yeah. So make, make shout them out care. to them. Yeah, make them care about the story behind the players, mm-hmm. and and I imagine that's also uh, pretty savvy from them because it does take a little bit of power away from the teams. Mm-hmm. If the players are the real assets and the real stars, then you don't get these big conglomerate teams with a lot of money behind them that then start to throw their weight around and try to get Blizzard to do things that they don't want to do. And you, so I imagine there's a control aspect. You mentioned well. the Yankees. I think that'll be interesting to see if there's a team that comes in like we have a lot of money so we're just gonna dump money on people yeah and if and here's the thing i part of me wants to hate that but the other part of me is like there's a reason why people love the yankees and why people hate, hate the, the yankees. yankees yeah and if you have a team like that who's the best players and they all have all this money you're gonna have people who love them and they're gonna be on that bandwagon but you're also gonna have people everyone else who are like stories. f those yeah. guys and that's a good story you need you need a feeling you know people need to have an opinion about these guys Absolutely. and I mean, there's been so many movies made about sports underdog stories, like the big rich team gets beaten by the, the plucky underdog kind of thing. That's a great story. People love that shit. And that will work, I hope. Um, as I, I think it's, it's a pretty good system. Um, the, the issue with me is not the way they've set this up. The issue is that watching Overwatch is still really hard. I yeah. I tweeted out, and, and I I think I might have been the only one. I was with, like, Sohinky and a bunch of other... We were, like, uh, Malik, we were backstage watching Overwatch. And I was like, am I the only one who, when it they are like you're the pov of the character and you see someone red coming i'm like why aren't they shooting oh because it's on their team yeah and it drives me crazy but they were like no i have no problem with this so it's like okay maybe i'm the it, only one it took me watching it for a while to be like oh yeah, you spent a good time there's uh, a red watching the blue team. There, yeah yeah i spent a good amount of time watching it, it i thought that man it's it's super hype to watch people who are really good at Overwatch. Those Genji <laughs> players are disgusting. Yeah. I stand by and my hatred maze, for Genji. Some fucking on point maze. I think that the Finland versus Spain game was my favorite. There was lots of just like team kill, team kill, team kill. And you were like, what's happening? It was I, very funny. I just want to point out anyone that thought that South Korea wasn't going to dumpster everybody in that <laughs> tournament is delusional. Oh, yeah. I heard so much alive about, oh, Koreans aren't good at FPS. I mean, one, before Overwatch, you still weren't right because they played the shit out of Sudden Attack and they have their. It's a completely different game, but it's counter like hyphen strike mm-hmm. completely different game which is probably why cs never really got going over there because brand confusion right. but when overwatch was launched it took over the pc bong scene and you've got to understand how people play in south korea a lot of them they go to a pc bong which is a big net cafe to do a lot of their gaming yeah and that means that whatever is the game du jour in the in the pc bongs defines the entire culture of the South Korean gaming scene at that time. And for the last year and a bit, it's mostly been League of Legends. When Overwatch came out, most people stopped playing League and the PC bangs and started playing Overwatch. And that is a massive indicator that Korea is going to come fucking murder you in this game if it's been taken that seriously. Yeah, it was was a sight. Like, it wasn't even... It wasn't... It was like watching Masters... Like, paint a beautiful... Po- they were just destroying mm-hmm. you. Like, you can't help but appreciate 
that these other teams are getting slaughtered. Yeah. And even then, even the bad teams weren't bad. They just, it was like, you saw things like, that's a genius idea. Like, I, to the, I vividly remember losing my mind at a simple play, which literally they just put up a Maywall, and then a McCree went around to a little slot in the Maywall and did his alt so no one could see him behind the wall and killed the entire team. I was like, what? that is the cheesiest, most genius thing I've ever seen. And it's one of those things you just don't think about when you're playing with your friends. Like, that's a really interesting, unique strategy. More than just like, uh, you know, Anna, your your characters and watch them go around and murder people. Right? Like, that's that's what everyone does. Like, all right, get our Anna in and, you know, throw it all on Genji and call it a life. Right. Like, no, there's actually, like, really smart things you can do in this game. Yeah. That totally. until you see it on a pro level, you're like... Ah, Shut up. Yeah, and that Shut makes it up. more interesting. I uh, When I went to watch the um, the E-League finals down in Atlanta in the TBS studio, really cool production. Like, And uh, I've got to give it to the Turner Broadcasting guys. Like, They know how to put on a show. Mm. Uh, it, it looked great, and the crowd was super hype, and the staff, who were obviously kind of unfamiliar with the gaming stuff, they, it didn't matter because they, they, they recognize when they've got a good thing going. And they, you know, there was no cringy shit. You know, outside of the seagull handshake, but that's now legendary rather than cringy. Right. Um, you know, and all the staff and the people they brought in from outside gaming still played it, you know, very well and took it seriously and weren't being awkward and shaming people and mocking people. Um, you person that, who's the host this year at BlizzCon that was, like, being really awkward with the oh, cosplayers? Oh, the guy from uh, uh, Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. I can't remember his name, though. Oh, no. uh, uh. Yeah, I feel, here's the thing. He's a funny dude. I don't know that he's the right ho like. He wasn't the right host. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah. Whenever you get like you know nerdy stuff, and then you bring someone in from outside nerd culture who then decides the funniest thing to do is to take the piss out of it in not a good natured way, then you've made uh, the wrong call. Yeah. But with that said, I I actually kind of feel for Blizzard because where the hell are you gonna find a comedian slash host that can not only nail the actual, like, making jokes bit, trust me, it's hard. I don't want to fucking do that. So, like, but, like, who are you going to find to do that who not only plays all your games, but is famous on a level that everyone there knows this person? Like, there's a lot of... So they're like, all right, well, you you play games. All right, you're in. It's like, I don't think they need one. Like, I mean, uh, honestly, for stuff like the costume contest, it's such a big deal. Just get one that can do it well. They don't need to be famous. They're not the reason we're watching the costume contest. I'll be honest. Blizzard has a lot of employees that could do the job. Absolutely. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. There are a lot of people who work there who could do it. No doubt. You know, and there are you know, people in the community that could easily do that job as well. Cox and Crender. <laughs> there you go. Just, you, you did a Q&A for them. As, and it as, went well, you know? As, as well, I don't know that we could do it as well, but it would be... You could still hate on us, guys. But we wouldn't care. We wouldn't tweet about it. Yeah. Yeah, but sort of back to the Overwatch like viewing experience for a second. It, mm -hmm. you know, it. I, I spent a lot of time just looking at the kill feed, like because yeah. that, that seemed like the easiest way to watch it. And it it was fine when they spent a long time on one person's FPV, when they were just like, we're just gonna watch McCree for the next minute. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. But then when they started jumping around, and particularly the whole, oh, there's a there's a team fight, so we're gonna have to zoom out from sort of a third person camera standpoint, and then it just becomes a giant clusterfuck of ultimates. I will say that some of the third person like a, like top down shots were really cool because you could see, especially um, I can't remember the damn name the the, the castle map, whatever that damn thing. Fall. Thank yes. you. Mm -hmm. You know nice. that one. Um, some of those shots because they're jumping up and over and there's people running in. Like some of that was beautiful. 
And sometimes you even got to see their setups. There was one when they were on King's Row where the Reaper just went under the statue yeah. and sat there. And because they were in third, you could just see his little red outline sitting there as this other team starts coming around the corner. And that's the tension. And, yeah, and you're like, oh, he's going to all, on all these guys. And when it happens, you're like, how did yeah. no one know that was going to happen? That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, the way that the Koreans are actually doing their Overwatch broadcasts is very much like that and kind of a bit more advanced. What they do, they've got a ton of observers. And each observer is assigned a specific area of the map. And they did analysis based on essentially heat mapping of where the engagements usually happen. Mm. So where the important parts are. And that guy has a fixed camera. So they've picked the best possible angle for a fight. And then what, they, they go along like observer one, observer two, observer three, as the team moves through the map with their very specific set camera locations. Mm. That makes it easier to watch. Uh, the ultimates are still an issue. I know they've made it less spammy now because they cut everything across the board. I still think in terms of visual busyness, Overwatch has issues. Uh, it's certainly not Battleborn bad, but no. it's it's still very, very colorful. And in the middle of a team fight, it's a bit of a clusterfuck. There's mm -hmm. no doubt. I do. I'm glad that they're talking about redoing uh, play of the game stuff. Um, that they're sort of overhauling all of that and potentially having their engineers work on um, multiple, like, like two-person play of the games. Because yeah. there are lots of opportunities for that. I'm sure that that's a nightmare to try and program. Yes. But I'm glad that they're trying to sort that out because play of the game has always had issues. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think what they'll probably do with the obsing system, which already exists in other games, is instead of having 16 observers, what they'll do is you'll be able to set up virtual cameras in the map prior to starting it. Hmm. so you you basically set those cameras up and they act just like real cameras would and then you can like switch to camera 16 etc etc you already have them preset and pre-tested but that's stuff that you know, overwatch would had the same problem that here's the storm did a launch where it's like oh we want to go real quick into esports but we don't have any of the functionality to make it a watchable experience like i remember the old interface for here's the storm when they first started trying to use like there's no information here yeah. i can't yeah. see right. shit uh, it, it took them years to get starcraft into a state where you know, it had enough info. And a lot of that actually came from a third-party modder saying, this, we're going to fix it. Yeah. And then they took, his ideas also hired him, of course. And Game Hearts, which is the name of that interface, is now the de facto and has been for esports for three years for them. Right. They need a similar thing. But of course, with those games, the mod support isn't, there is no mod support. So the community can't fix it for this particular issue. That's something that Blizzard has to do. I right. love a, uh, like in football, they have that wire that goes the length of the, the field. And there's a camera that just goes back and forth on that wire. Yeah. Man, that'd be nice to have that the length of a map in Overwatch. Yeah. So it's one camera that just can move back and forth they can cut to that can get those shots going down as people are moving. Rather right. than move from one camera that you can sort of follow the team as it goes through. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I think there's, there's definitely a lot to be done with that. But I don't think Overwatch will be a bad esport. I think it's got a lot of potential no. as an esport. Why not? Sure. I you think know? people want it. It is a lot of potential as a lot of things. I the article I read the other day that was like, people are pitching them like, please do Overwatch anything. Move like Hollywood's just like make stuff with this IP. <laughs> I'm okay with everything involving Overwatch. Right. Give me more. Yeah, totally. I don't. I'll, I think I'll I'll wait until Arcade Mode comes in and I'll come back and play a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm still a bit like. Modes-wise, that game still has weak-ass modes. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, it does. The game modes, are, they're as generic and as dull as you can get. Like, they, they, I really miss having games where the game modes are quite complex. 
Yeah. And I think the trend over the last few years is make the game mode as simple as possible and have the depth be in the characters. Mm -hmm. I like, I kind of like it being the other way around. You know, I like maps with multiple objectives, side objectives, you know, power-ups and all that kind of thing. Well, I'm cool with them starting this way, but I would love for them to, now that they have an established base of players and they have game modes that people, you know, like, then moving on to stuff that's a bit more complex and a bit more interesting would be really mm -hmm. cool because they know that people are still going to be playing the game because they already love the game in its simple form. Yes. So. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, well, we'll have a bit more on BlizzCon after the break as well as the other games we've been playing this week. However, our sponsor for this week <gasps> is, you guessed it, Squarespace.com slash co-optional. Yeah. Indeed. And we don't have an ad script for this week. I have an ad script. Do okay. you? All right. Watch this. Oh, Good. my God. You ready right. for this? Yep. I, I, my body is ready. Let's do it. Real talk. Go. I do not know how to make websites at all. No. I lack any and all website I ability. mean, you barely know how to make content as it is. You know? I just throw sounds and video together, and it comes out like a thing. And then I upload it, and it doesn't even work then. But... Because I am, like, going to try Squarespace, I if you go to jessicox.com, it'll take you to a Squarespace page I made in, like, literally a couple of, maybe two hours. And it is super, it's, like, huh. super jank, but it has... Hey, a, there you go. It's beautiful. It has a feed to my uh, Twitter. It has all the podcasts. It has videos. It has uh, Instagram. It has everything on there. And that was using all of the things they had, not knowing HTML or Java or none of that. I did it myself. This exists. Look at that. And so you can go there and it's like... Even this idiot. If uh, I can do it, you can make something way better. Even for 10% off your first order at squarespace.com slash optional. Consider this. For just $5 a month, you too could support a company that allows absolute <laughs> incompetent morons like him... To create content. Shouldn't everyone be able to create a website? Shouldn't that be accessible to those who are I think it's one of our basic impaired, needs. let's just As put humans. it that way, in yeah. some in some respect, whether it be due to you know talent impairment, huge a huge problem in in this country. Talent impairment is a disease that there is no cure for. And we just have to live with that. In the arms of we have to live with it. The angels. And with a service like Squarespace, even even him, who has never heard in his life what the word editing means, can create, they can have his own space, his own freedom, on squarespace.com slash co-optional. And is that not the most American thing of all? Is it not? He is... He has a venue to exercise his First Amendment rights, despite having nothing worthwhile to say. All because of squarespace.com slash co-optional. Literally any idiot can make a website. Head on over to squarespace.com slash co-optional for 10% of your first order. And of course, order your domain name, because what would a website be without a stupid brand name to go with it? Go make your mark on the internet. God knows everybody else has. We'll be right back after the break. You're watching the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Uh, shit just got real. 
<laughs> as you can see. You demanded that I wear this uh, sequiny hoodie. It is, you can't. Holy shit, it actually has like little sequence. jemmies on it. Yeah. Oh, yes. You can't tell it via camera, but guys, this is legitimately the best thing I've ever seen anyone buy in my life. We were at Disney yesterday, as you might imagine, mm. and uh, it was getting pretty cold. I didn't hadn't brought my jacket, so like, can we quick like run into a shop and get a jacket before the fireworks? And they had the Star Wars like Rogue One brand new like sequiny Death Star hoodies. Oh, God, yes. I was like, yes, there we go. <laughs> Love I will it. spend <laughs> far far too much money on this, mm -hmm. and of course, you can't go wrong with that. Um, it also sounds like you did what I always do when I go to Disneyland, where I'm like, you it's, it's a desert. It's hot out Apparently here. You're, according so to them, I'm your good. mic is off. Is that true? No. Actually, it is. How is your? How did? How did we lose your mic? <laughs> oh, the cable's unplugged. Oh no. Whoops. Oops. I guess I stepped on it. Huh? Right. There, right, we, there go. we go. Problem solved. Problem solved. Um, Port me. <laughs> What I was going to say is, yeah, yeah, it's it's super hot when you go there. And yeah. you're like, I so you don't, don't want need a jacket. jacket. No, yeah. I don't want a jacket. And then it hits a certain time of night where it becomes the desert and is very cold. And you're like, I guess I'm going to buy a sweater. I'm going to. Because I be, need one or I'll they, they know exactly how that works. Mm -hmm. they, they I'm going to be real, I'm be real honest. Real honest with everyone. The Disney, we went to, I think, California Adventure or whatever it is, where it's there's rocks that surround the outside, like different like mountains the fake mountains they built mm -hmm. because everything in the distance was fake when i looked at the sky it reminded me of vegas and that, that everything's a fake sky above you like when you go through all the different like vegas casino areas the fake oh, sky oh and the malls and stuff yeah yeah yeah. Vegas, yeah and so well so terrifying. <laughs> i had this horrifying i swear to god i almost had like a panic attack i had like a weird um uncanny valley moment yeah. we were walking towards this building i think we're going to go on uh Tower of Terror, and so we're going through the streets of this town that is a fake town with fake rocks in the background that look like fake mountains. And I looked up at the sky and I was like, I had a moment where I couldn't distinguish between the real. It was clearly the real sky, but because everything else was fake, I was like, Oh no, this isn't good. <laughs> I honestly had like a moment. Yeah, and I was like, Nope. No, this is why. This is why I don't have fun anymore. <laughs> I was like, I can't do it's this. Too real. Yeah, I was like, mm -hmm. all right. You blame everything on the uncanny valley. Of I course. Think. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Uh, so we'll round up sort of uh, what we're talking about with BlizzCon, and then we can talk about uh, some other stuff. The StarCraft esports was probably the best it's ever been. I'll mm -hmm. say that they always have that incredible stage that if you've never seen it, do go watch the VOD so you can see what that stage does. They built it entirely out of. It's a ton of projectors, basically, over a frame that lets them change the stage and the screen into whatever they want. Right. And they do some awesome stuff. Every map has a different transition. So the whole stage will suddenly be like be covered in frost and ice and all that kind of thing. And when they do player intros, the Terran get like all their area of the screen is like mech plates come down from the side. The Zerg, it's like tentacles come out and spread all over their side of the screen. When uh, when they win, their whole side of the stage explodes in Banelingu, which is I just love it. oh, it is the most amazing. It may not be the most expensive, like awesome stage in esports, but it's the best looking one. Like mm -hmm. it, beyond the shadow of a doubt, it looks. They've done it for three years now, and it gets better every time. Mm -hmm. And we had an amazing finals. The right guy won, as far as we're concerned. You know, we had a real shot of seeing a non-Korean win. Then all the non-Koreans got dumpstered. Which, <laughs> 
we probably should have expected so, to happen. Yeah, I was going to say, which, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was like a case of this guy, you know, we had, we had a historic moment uh, the past couple of months where this guy uh, whose username is Neeb, you know, very intimidating, obviously. Yes. I think he changed it to Neeblet, which actually makes it even worse. But, you know. <laughs> so cute. Good. Yeah, he's from New York, and he's the first foreign player to ever win a major Korean tournament. He went to South Korea, and he won the Casper Cup 2016 against, like, really good competition. So there's a lot of hype behind him going into this event, uh, but we'd always known him for stage fright. Like, he's been trying uh, to overcome that. Hmm. He did great in the round of 16, where he was just in the studio. As soon as he got up on that stage, 3-0'd in 25 minutes. Oh, poor guy. Annihilated. Not even close. Hmm. I always wonder about that. Like, it it's a whole other level to be on a stage in front of so many people and mm-hmm. have to still play your best. It That's, is. That seems impossible to me. Yes, it is a very, very big deal, and it intimidates a lot of players, both... Mm-hmm you know south korean and otherwise we see guys that do really well online do terrible in live environments in this case we had we did have a foreign player reach the semis he did get dumpster 3-0 in the semis but he got there you know he he got there and uh he's actually a guy who was not well known before this uh he's technically the second but i guess now the best polish player Mm -hmm. um in a senior poland's been always pretty good scene for esports so We've, we've seen some good players come out of that, but he did really well. But the finals was awesome because, yeah, even though it was, again, South Korean versus South Korean, one of the guys going into it is a very loved guy because he just won the the major Korean tournament without a team, which has never Whoa. been done. Wow, interesting. He literally did it solely by grinding online events for, like, 50 bucks each. Uh, the, the scene in Korea for a long time was you got into a Casper team house and all of your practice is secret. You don't go play online stuff because then other coaches can analyze what you do and pick it apart. Right. You only play in our official events. That's all you ever do, which of course means that they have no way to build a fan base. Like they don't get out there, don't get exposed. And yet this guy said, call that. I don't need a team house. And yeah, I'm going to play in every online cup. I'm going to play in every small event. Right. And then he went and won the world championship off the back of that. That's awesome. Just by That's being so cool. that much better than everybody else. It didn't matter that people knew what he was going to do. They still couldn't stop it because he right. was that good. It was awesome. And that's going back to when we were talking about Overwatch. That's my hope for the league is that even if you have a super team, there's going to be one team of, of nobodies coming out of nowhere that just destroy yeah and everyone's gonna root for those guys and that's what the story is and that's where the the excitement is mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was a great story he's he's an awesome guy he's pretty adorable i think a lot of people think like within an hour of him winning it his picture on twitter is him in his hotel room bed with the trophy right next to yeah. <laughs> he tried to pick up the trophy first realizing how heavy it was he hugged it instead and then on his second attempt got the trophy up because it's a massive fucking thing uh so he was jumping around and just super happy and he was obviously like you know he is not a stoic person you right. know and that's good because people really connect with him and people really got behind him and the quality of the finals was one of the highest level we've ever seen and that's the man i love the fact that you use the word stoic most esports players have that sort of stoic attitude mm-hmm. which i think is really funny because then every time they take esports photos they have to look really tough like, and hardcore mm-hmm. yeah and it's like but we don't know you that way, and you look ridiculous. Yeah. And so it's nice to have a player who's like, I like to have fun. So when you take those photos, you're like, that guy's enjoying the hell out of this. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that was really cool. And I got to do my event on the first day on the stage, which was awesome to be able to get to do that. Obviously, it competed with all the major shit. Like, it was competing with the costume contest, Hearthstone uh, semis, I think, um, or uh, quarters and Overwatch quarters and everything. So we had a small crowd of very passionate, loud people, which was great. Good. Uh, so that was awesome fun to do. Thanks to everyone that watched that. I know the online numbers for that were really awesome, which was great because half of our viewership is in Europe, and it was at, like, 3 a.m. for them. So we didn't expect a lot of people to watch, but they cool. did. So, And that's going to – we'll definitely be doing more of Kings of 2017. That I know for a fact. So that was awesome to do. I had a great experience with that. And all the guys backstage for StarCraft are super professional. Like we have, we're so fortunate, I think, to have like one of the best casting pools in the world. Mm -hmm. Like for esports, I think we have the best one. You know, like everyone up there is really good at their job and they all bring different things to the table. And Except that jeff guy what an yeah, asshole who, what a, who's that guy what yeah. a dick. he keeps showing up i yeah. was so excited that uninvited you were doing it with jeff I was uh, like, oh. <laughs> yeah that was that was great because the final if you haven't seen uh actually yeah i shouldn't spoil this because the vod isn't up yet let's just say the final map uh we got one bonus match in shoutcraft kings the final map is something a bit unusual and jeff made that hilarious so <laughs> that was that was really great i believe the vod if it's not up now, I think it's processing on YouTube right now. So you cool. should be able to catch it on youtube.com slash totalbiscuit, which is going to show you the stage shut up, show me being nervous as hell on a giant stage like that and all that kind of shit. But everyone did a great job. And, you know, again, big thanks to all of them for making that happen because they put a shit ton of work behind that and they don't get recognition for it. And that's that sucks. Yeah. yeah so they were all great to work with. That was a great experience. Um, outside of that, I didn't get to see a lot of the show, I'm going to be honest, because... You know, it was working a lot of it. We did get to watch some of the Heroes of the Storm finals, mm -hmm. um, which was cool. Still a little tricky to watch that game. A lot going on, but it's not it's not terrible. Like, nope. it's not massive visual spam or anything. I think it's just down to, like, it's so back and forth mm. because of the way that team leveling system works. Yeah. yeah, that it can be a bit weird. It's like, who's actually winning? It's not as clear. It felt... The floor felt huge to me it did. this year. Mm. It was much more packed with stuff and that's and then they had an entire other area upstairs this year yeah, yeah. i heard about that. i never got to visit the dark moon fair it was what what you get it you yeah, went up yeah. there right we, what was that all about? so upstairs uh on the third floor this year was not only a hearthstone tavern where you go they actually had a live band playing like all the hearthstone tracks oh that's yeah. sick and then awesome. they it was had literally just a room to sit and play hearthstone yeah, <laughs> it was super smoky and really like seedy looking and people were it. yeah people were in there just playing hearthstone i didn't know if you could actually play hearthstone to get the card back the fireside card back oh. and i wondered how you would do that because so, i don't think you were hooking up your own account so i was like it would be cool if that was the case but i didn't i just walked in there and checked it out um and the dark moon fair was the same dark moon fair they have every year but just moved up to its entire separate different place right. so it was its own thing so when you walked in you're now in the fair and they had the voice actor area and an area where you can meet all the writers and all the people who make all the books. And they had the pin trading area. Mm -hmm. and the pin area trading the apparently heads. was a bit of a, a serious business this year, I'm told. Yo, I went up there. So I had a lanyard for the last, like, I don't know, a couple years. I mean, since they've been doing pins, I think it's year three. Uh, I, filled with pins. And I was like, I don't collect pins. I don't want pins. So I went up there with my pins and the lanyard was just, like, going around to people who had all these rows and rows of pins they were trading and rolled up bags of pins and and i just started giving them to people and i, <laughs> and I met one fan i was like boom here have my best pin and I was, people were like 
that's the guy. That's the pin guy. <laughs> I was like, I don't, here, take my lantern. How many pins left? Like, it was, it's serious. Pin collecting so serious funny. business. And, uh, yeah, for it, though, I got the one pin I did care about, which was, like, the bloodlust symbol. And I was like, I'll wear that, because that's cool as hell. But, like, I'm not, like, a pin dude. So, it's, it's nice to see people passionate just about even the smallest things, Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Which... You know, I'm sure they know that's their audience. So they, if they don't by now, they should have figured it out. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the tenth BlizzCon, and really, it's for for what uh, I think it's got a lot better over the last couple of years. But up to that point, for what you were paying to get, uh, for what was there, was actually like kind of a premium, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. And yet, people still it's sold out every time still mm-hmm. because people like we are that passionate about this particular set of games. And we know that the people we're going to meet there are going to be awesome. And we're going to have fun as a result. Dude, your swag box was, like, legit this year, too. I... So good. That Stein is straight up maybe my favorite thing I've ever gotten at BlizzCon. Mm. It's awesome. Yeah. Everybody got a Stein. You got a little Hearthstone um, glass wiping thing. You got Um, a coaster. coaster. You got a coaster. coaster. uh, A a little Little bangling. A little bangling dongler. Yeah. Whatever it was. What what else was there? Oh, and a giant inflatable Reinhardt hammer. Yes. Ah, uh, that's what that was. That looked, if you flipped it around, surprisingly like a crack pipe. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, a lot of photos were about to be taken. I was like, ooh, I probably Ooh. shouldn't do this. <laughs> I was, a lot of jokes were made, though. <laughs> made a lot of goops. Um, yeah, it's 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 an event that every year seems to get exponentially bigger and crazier. And to remember what the first one was like and how there was. Hardly anyone there. But but they had an inflatable climbing wall, Blackrock Mountain. <laughs> you could Actually reach quite out. Silly. You could reach out and like high five Metzen because the stage was so tiny. Yeah. Like it was a really small event, and then the next year it grew insanely. And by the time 2009's BlizzCon rolled around, that was like next level insanity. Yeah. Right. And it's it's one of those things where there's almost too much now for two days, especially and, with all the tournament content. And I, 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 someone after it was over asked me, and I didn't see Michelle uh, Morrow's bit that she does for DirecTV, but at the end, we I, watched think, that. I think the last, in the last little bit she was talking about, she, even she was like, man, it's almost too big for two days. And so this guy comes up and he's like, yo, was Michelle hinting it's going to be three days? And I was like, I don't know that I could physically handle three days of BlizzCon. <laughs> like maybe it could be three days, but I don't think they'd ever make it that. I I actually do think they will go that you way. Think so? You think so? Yeah, I, I think it's got it's got to that point with just because of their massive focus on esports and tournaments, even that gives them a good reason to because they're starting to see a a crossover in Blizzard esports viewers between their games, and it's causing big problems for clashing. You know, obviously for StarCraft, StarCraft's still there despite. You know, maybe not make as much money for them. They take the esports side of that super seriously and they give it the big arena and they proved that that was a good idea because, again, we filled the thing. You know, yeah. anyone who's like, yeah, StarCraft's a dead game. It's like, right, cool. Dead games don't fill arenas last time I checked. Right. You know, so that is still a super big deal. But of course, the problem is you could spend all day in the arena just watching StarCraft and they're like, well, yeah, but I kind of want to watch the Hearthstone as well. And the, now that they have was, the Overwatch here too. It's like, that is too much now. That was the frustrating thing. Yeah. Because if you had the app, you could go on the app and look at the schedule and it was like every single the overlap game was overlapping. Massive yeah. amount of overlap. You know, I experienced that firsthand with my event, you know, big overlap. So I think three days is fine. You know, there's easy enough to do. 
I was would, assuming you're in esports anyway. Yeah, I would say the only way I'd be really cool with three days if they actually didn't have an announcement, or actually did have an announcement. It wasn't like one of those yeah, things. It's like it's a few small things. If they announced a new game, or they announced new expansion, or something that could get people. It would have to be a big year, I think, for the move. To oh that. yeah, like one of those. We have something new for everything kind of years where it takes it to the next level. Then I could see three days because that's enough to get everything in. Right. But sometimes even on day two, I'm like, well kind of did everything i wanted to do and so yeah. then you i didn't th- then all you're doing is literally just watching tournaments which is fine that's but like you hit the point where you're just like well, i've done everything i want to do so let's just watch people play games that was mostly why sam and i were like we're kind of good with only doing one day yeah yeah we knew that we could watch all of the tournament stuff on twitch yes yeah you could go back and watch the vod's and stuff like that and you know the virtual ticket gives you access to that i just think like especially in terms of panels there are so many more panels they could easily do mm-hmm. uh, that would the people would happily just go and watch you know oh chat i think actually that's a smart point the overlap does push people to get the virtual ticket um but does it for the esports because all esports content is free you don't need the virtual ticket for that yes it mm. is well it might i mean for the panels and stuff for the panels yes um but for the esports content though no but if it's online free. then I imagine they're like, all right, well, people can go watch it later. It's interesting. I'm not sure what is in store. I know they said they're definitely making it bigger next year. Mm. If they're is, making it bigger, they've got to go three days. Which is insane. That's a ton but, of stuff. Yeah. Well, the, the only thing that I heard about that, you probably heard more, but when, um, when they were alluding to how they're building a whole other hall. What was that? Building. Frank Pierce or someone mentioned that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's crazy. Which... It, 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 you know, I think this year's BlizzCon was was fun. I think uh, if you're looking for big announcements or you something, didn't get them. It was it, that no. was kind of a letdown. But going into it, I was like, this isn't going to be a big year. Yeah. Like, no, the feeling, the vibe it. you had going into it. If you follow anything Blizzard, you're like, well, what could they possibly announce? There's nothing. Um, no. And when your big hype guy is gone, you're not going for like let's replace the hype guy. You're going for let's just have a year that we don't fuck this up. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, because they ultimately they ha- they now have a lot of balls in the air when it comes to juggling these different properties, and they need to ensure that all of those are like, yes, we've got something for this. Yes, the development's continuing for this. Mm-hmm. If anything, I expected a bit more out of WoW, uh, but well, we didn't see that. Like, they they in the major like announcements at the beginning, they did announce stuff, but the WoW uh, actual like what's coming in the future WoW panel. Um, I mean, they pretty much said. Four, they were talking about four or five years down the road. Oh, they wow. mentioned things that are coming out in 7.2. Every class gets its own special mount now, which is like, shout out to Shaman, we get to ride an elemental. What? Uh, neat. All right. <laughs> um, yeah, everything, they actually have a game plan going forward. And some of the stuff that I've been really concerned about, like what is happening with X, Y, and Z, they're like, this is exactly what's happening with that. So it's nice. It's I, it sucks they didn't have enough to include it in the main opening announcements, mm-hmm. but at its own panel, there was a lot of stuff there where I was like, all right, that shit's cool. Um, but it wasn't anything huge or major. It wasn't like, here's a new expansion. Yeah, well, I mean, they were going to do that. Yeah. They just, they just launched Legion. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's just kind of the way it goes. The thing is, like, I'm sure they, they're in a situation where they want every single one of their current games to remain relevant. Yes. And they have a big fan base for them, which means that, if you end up in a situation where you announce something that effectively replaces it, like, again, Diablo 4 or something like a remake of StarCraft Brood War or whatever, or, of course, you know, StarCraft 3 or WarCraft 4, then you suddenly... That's like torpedoing the existing game mm-hmm. at that point, which 
you can see why they would want to try and avoid that until they absolutely have to. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. I, I mean, I, I watched some Weird Al. Dude is spry for being as old as he is. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely yeah, hated the two uh, people they had to do, like, the commentary. Oh, God. Who like, was in that? Be, in between songs... I, I honestly don't they, know who the actors were. They had people do commentary between songs. Because he would change the costumes. Because Weird Al, you know, he's about costume changes. Uh -huh. And so in between songs, they had commentary. And the commentary was done like spoofy Hollywood commentary. Oh. Okay. But one of them was like, I'm Julian Assange's other bro Like, it was so bizarre. What? I filmed some of it. It is truly a bizarre oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, let's make political jokes a couple of days before the most divisive election in history. That it sounds was, like, oh, really, people love that, yeah. And I think, like, it was a fallback. It was like a joke fallback that everyone was like, well, I know these will land, but it's like, no, not to everybody. There's some people <laughs> in your audience who may <laughs> not uh, be wanting this. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Like, you watch, you're like, mm. all right, that's Weird Al. I get it, I get what's happening. And then cut to, like, the most bizarre interviews you've ever, you're like what is happening oh, God. and I don't know if it's supposed to be like it's weird because it's weird out or if it was we don't know how to fill the time so let's just goof and yeah it was it was rough I was like alright cool <laughs> like Jesus yeah alright yeah don't don't do that in your concerts no yeah we're there just, for the, just bring Metallica the back and let them kick ass for an hour that's fine <laughs> you know you're no. never gonna have a problem with that yeah I man I think I think they know what they want to do for concerts and stuff like that, but every year they try to, like, I don't know. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. I haven't been to a concert at BlizzCon in a while. Yeah. I just stand in the back. I'm like, well, that looks cool. All right. <laughs> Peace. I mean, I'm Bye. not there for that. You know? yeah. I think a lot of people aren't there for that. Yeah. But it's cool that they do it. Every now and again, their pick is a bit what? But last <laughs> last few years, they've been like, yeah, okay. I mean, you know, Metallica, great. And then it's like, oh, Blink way too. Like, what? <laughs> Offspring? They're still alive? What? <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. look. I they had a they had a good solid run there when they were doing like, oh yeah, we're gonna have Foo Fighters on here, which yeah. was awesome. That's yeah, great choice. Yeah, and, we're, and the fact that they had Tenacious D with Dave Grohl as the drummer, mm -hmm. the, like that's that was great. amazing. Yeah. Ozzy was cool. Metallica was great. Like they they can nail it every once in a while. I feel like they've done one of those like, let's ask the Office. What bands do you listen to <laughs> when you were like a kid? There's and no question. Like, a lot of that in there. Yeah. Oh my well, god. Yeah. Lincoln for 2017. <laughs> uh, didn't, didn't they have Linkin Park? Did they already have I thought they had like, right, Link 182 definitely. I swear they had Linkin Park. Park. I think they had Linkin Park. It was two years ago. One year ago. Yeah, they did. <gasps> yeah, they did. What the fuck? 2015, yeah. Yep, I thought so. I, I had a feeling oh, they did. the year yeah. I didn't go. Yeah, Linkin Park was there. Blink-182. Tenacious D was my favorite one. I loved the hell out of that one because they were just silly and had a good time. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, nobody just like them, you know. They're, even yeah. if you don't like their songs, they're still funny. So, mm -hmm. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, so that that was BlizzCon, basically. You know, not not exactly heavy on the announcements. There, there were a couple of other things, but, you know, they think like the Stark of Two War Chests, and, but that's not, you know... There's all there's going to be tons of and little announcements And the deep mind. There. Yes. I mean, you know, I, I was... I, I just think... That's cool and actually, like, really important, but simultaneously probably don't, like... Part of that's part of the opener because that's a real crowd cooler. Yeah, I, I well, I think people who were watching, me included, didn't entirely understand what the end game was. No, because they, it, he didn't they explain didn't. that. I don't think, there, I don't think there is an end game personally. I think it's a cool idea. Apocalypse, well, a cool nuclear context, apocalypse. But... Yeah, it was either on on Twitter. It was either people going, "All right, cool," so you're trying to 
destroy the world. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then people saying, oh, this could have some some really good like effects on medical and things yes, like that. Yes, there are some like, real like The problem is they didn't they didn't communicate that part yeah. well. It's like why is this important to someone that doesn't even know what DeepMind is? You know, because it's cool that yes, we heard a few minutes about DeepMind playing Go. Oh, cool, you're gonna teach yeah. computers how how to how, siege war. Yeah, how to play video games. <laughs> I just want to say you're gonna teach them war strategy. That's fine. Yeah. I just want to point this out. Watson, the already very close to destroying us all AI, right? Uh, just wrote a song. Aww. And now people really? are now people are like, there's you can buy the song. I heard a commercial for it. I'm like, nope, this is too much. <laughs> Watson's when they're, learning. Yeah, when they're writing songs, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Robots shouldn't do that at all. That's basically been pop music for the past twenty years anyway. Hey, yeah. oh, get robots wrote yep. it. Oh, <laughs> edgy, edgy comedy right here. Yeah, so that was basically Blizz Gun. Uh, Cheers, of course, to everyone that came down, said hi, mm-hmm. who took photos worth signing. As always, BlizzCon has a great crowd of really cool people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I never hear of trouble at BlizzCon, really. Nothing, nothing yeah, major that's, anyway. That's one of the things that I think is really interesting is BlizzCon's pretty chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very friendly. It's pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. So, what else have we been playing this week, I suppose? Um, what have we had time to play? I've, I've almost finished Owlboy. Okay. I played Owlboy too. That game is Let's hear about beautiful. It. It's um, so much fun. The music is my favorite part. It's a gorgeous game, amazing music, and uh, kind of heart-wrenching in ways. Remember when everyone was all insane for Shovel Knight? Expect that to be the next couple weeks. Mm. As people start to find this game and start to play it, and then have that moment where like, this took this dude nine years to make, and this is a passion project, you can see that in the game. Yeah. I imagine people are going to immediately jump on this bandwagon very quickly and everyone's going to be playing it. Yeah. It's and, then a you, and honestly, game. you should. You should play it. This isn't one of those games where. This goes against everything I firmly believe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't right. watch a Let's Play this game. Don't watch a streamer. Go out and buy it and play the game and enjoy it yourself because it's that kind of game. It's phenomenal. And. Uh, I, I, you know, this is one of those times where I'm like, this dude deserves all the praise he's getting. Mm-hmm. So just sure. go, just go get it. It's, it's, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. And it's a fun game. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, what does Owlboy consist of? Owlboy is a platformer um, where you play a little Owlboy, and uh, the mechanics are, it's, it's a lot of like you flying around and then you can pick up different characters and depending on what character you items, can, like you can lift stuff out of the ground. Yeah. yeah. Um, and depending on that, like your, your abilities utilizing that other person change. Um, it's very fun. It's really clever. So, and the, the world is so cool and, uh, is it Five Guys? Did Five Guys make it, or was it? Look, the legends I heard is one dude, <laughs> but if it's Five Guys, whatever, it's still super impressive. Yeah. They still spent a decade on it. Yeah, right? it's super impressive that the result is a game that is beautiful and control-wise, because this is a for the fact that you're flying around, it's still kind of a platformer. Yeah, you're going around, you're you're uh, <coughs> excuse me, moving through different areas, solving these little puzzles, spinning to unlock certain things, dropping people. There's so many different ways to solve these little puzzles, mm-hmm. and um, it's so well put together that it's it's like criminal to not try it at least. Yeah, I mean it looks gorgeous. Yes, it, you can just have a look at the pixel art and say, well, one, this is not a generic style of pixel art. You know, this is a fairly unique style of pixel art with a ton of detail in it. 
Uh, it's really beautiful. I've heard the music is excellent as well. But in terms of gameplay, it's kind of Metroidvania-esque, right? You know, you, mm-hmm. Certain things to get through certain doors, etc. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's one of those things where it, it's... the it's I think it's the charm of the game. I'm trying to find the right, right word, but it's like a very charming game. Mm-hmm. Everything about the characters is charming. Like, when you first meet characters in this world, uh, even like a character as simple as Mandolin, the girl who just plays a little mandolin, you're just like... Everything about you is super charming. They all have like like gestures and things about them where you're like, oh. <laughs> a great example is every time um, Getty, who is your first guy that you meet, every time he says something like is very heroic or he cheers you on, Owlboy, and you have to be paying attention to Owlboy because it isn't like really gr- like over dramatic, but it does like this like hands to the side, like- giant smile, <laughs> yeah, and it's so, so cute. cute. And you're just like, the detail that went into that, that you may not even notice that you did it really quick. You're just like, that's special about this game. Yeah. There's a life to it, and it's more than just go and, and move this block to that thing to ma- open a gate. Yeah. There's stuff going on in this world. There's characters that you're like, even bad guys, you're like, all right, you're kind of cool. Mm-hmm. There's, and as, even if it's kind of tropey where it's like, we're the bad guy, owls. Hmm. Right? It still has this like really nice feel to it. I can't ever say anything bad about this game. Mm-hmm. Like, and some people are like, well, it's not as good as Shovel Knight. It's phenomenal. I don't care what you say. Yeah, it's, it's, also it's not the same game as Shovel Knight. I was Knight gonna either. say it's, they're they're not the same game either. So why bother comparing them? Just enjoy a fucking video game, guys. Goddamn. Oh yeah, and yeah. and the music. Shut up if you won't be humming it the rest of your day. <laughs> The rest of the day, you'll just be, like, walking around, humming the music to it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And uh, it definitely... There's some games where you play it and you have that flashback. You're like, I remember being 8 years old, 11 years old, 13, whatever, sitting on, like, a crappy couch in the basement playing on a Super Nintendo mm-hmm. and falling in love with the game for the first time. And it has that feel. It does have that feel, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's great. Cool. Ten years were not wasted, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it turned out great. Very awesome. Um, I started a game on my phone. My computer at home died. Oh, Dukes. So... <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um, I started a game on my phone called The Trail. Oh, Molyneux. The Trail? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. He's not dead. Uh, He's 22 not dead. cans are still around. Made uh, a game called The Trail. Yep. Um, the game starts off with you uh, landing on a new world, essentially, and you have nothing. And the game is is on, I, I want to say that it's on rails. I don't know if that's the right term. But basically, you determine like how fast or slow you walk, but where you walk, you don't get to control. Okay. Um, and as you, as you go along the game, um, you find and grab supplies and the only time that you stop is when you hit a campfire and you have to not use all of your energy before you've hit that campfire or you'll pass out so you have to you have to be um kind of specific about like if you run that's fine but you're using a lot of energy like be sure that you have enough energy to be able to run or you can just kind of leisurely walk and know that you'll be fine but maybe it'll get dark um and then when you hit a campfire Anybody who's at the campfire can 
craft things or trade things so you're taught at the very beginning like you you can only grab a certain type of item and then the game's like cool well now you can craft this so you craft it and then um you're given an opportunity to put that crafted thing on like a trade wheel and um i'm trying to think of how to describe this you you get like a a strip and wherever you put your item on the strip, that's how long it'll exist in trade. So you can be like, I don't want anybody else to be able to buy this thing. I just want to, like, get rid of it and get some money. By this, this is the multiplayer aspect, is it? Yes. It's other people mm. buying the stuff. Yeah. So multiple people can be at this campfire. And um, and then you can, like, make things, put them on this on this strip, and then it slowly sort of disappears so that's the amount of time that you have to buy things from other people or you'll just it'll just get destroyed and you'll get a certain amount of money for it um it's it's hard to describe i'm Mm. sorry but uh yeah so i've i've mostly just done the like beginning part of this game but it teaches you how to make more and more stuff um eventually you're able to learn things that are from specific professions so you can be like an adventurer or a hunter or um, a lumberjack, like things like that, and you can decide. All right, I want to mostly learn hunter abilities, but you don't. You don't have to only learn from one. You're not like picking a profession and you have to stick with it. It's just like it kind of delineates it depending on how it's going to assist you. Um, and then apparently, eventually, you'll be able to sort of settle and like build buildings and do things like that. Where I am right now, it's just walking from campfire to campfire and learning how to make different things and trading. But it's interesting. It's a free-to-play game, right? Yeah. Well, what's that business model then? Do you know? I don't know. I haven't gotten to a point where the game's been like, you could also buy this. That oh, hasn't yeah. happened. Interesting. So, uh. I don't know. It's 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 very charming, though. It's a charming game. Uh, it's got... um. It's had relatively positive reception. I know it soft-launched a little while ago in a few different countries, and mm. people was like, yeah, this, is, this seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... It's an interesting situation because when Molyneux makes something, it's usually there's a lot of talking about it prior to it coming out. Yeah. This seemed to sneak up out of nowhere. It just appeared. <laughs> and frankly, that's probably for the best considering mm-hmm. what's happened with his last few projects. Mm-hmm. I don't mind if he suddenly decided to go silent and just make things great, mm. you know? I think, I honestly, at this point, with how people receive him just as a person, I think that that would be his best bet. To just like make games and just float them out there and not yeah. make a big deal out of it. You yeah. Know? I wonder how much brand value sort of the Molyneux name still has. I, mm. mean, I, I still think there's an element of curiosity when <laughs> it comes to anything he makes, even if he does have now a rep of disappointment, disappointment over promise, over deliver. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I think it's got worse for him because it wasn't just overpromise and underdeliver like it was with games like say you know to some degree black and white and fable and such like that it was not deliver at all yeah you know with that uh, with curiosity and with goddess they were yeah. both utter dog shit and that's there's a point where you stop forgiving him for being oh, okay he's just too idealistic and now it's like no actually you just make shit games now, yeah no you know? he's just fable wasn't bad <laughs> black and white wasn't they weren't bad games they maybe just were just not the game-changing, incredible game of the year, all, all years kind of things that he claimed they would be. Right. Yeah. So, sure, we'll see. We'll see what he comes up with. Yeah. I'm going to give that a try. Uh, it, as I say, it, does look, it looks all right, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, it does have a particular charming look to it, certainly. Very stylized. It does, yeah. 
Um, so I would say, again, it's free. Check it out if you want to. Um, the game that I played that isn't free... Uh-oh. Oh, <laughs> paying money for I video games? Know, is a, uh, a music game called Demo. D-E-E-M-O. Okay. And I grabbed it because in, in the image, it seemed like it was going to be a mixture of um, like tapping music games where it's like you have to tap on, on rhythm and, you know, swipe whatever it asks you to do. Um, along with sort of this weird, um, sweet version of Slenderman story. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah, in all of the imagery, it's this really tall, faceless man in a, in a black suit um, who plays the piano and then a little girl. And I was like, what is this? Because it reminds me of Slenderman. I Slender was going to ask you, what made you pull the trigger on a purchased app? Um, and it sounds like that would do it for me. Yeah. I was like, this This looks intriguing because um, the the screenshots were either, here's what the, the musical part of this game looks like, or it was this little girl walking around this world that she obviously doesn't belong to. Um, and I thought, oh, that, that might be kind of a cool mixture of this creature that plays the piano and this girl that is there for some reason and sort of figuring out why. Um, so I decided to play it, and uh, the, the world aspect of it is cool. Very, very small and simplistic. You run into, like, a chest that you can't open and stuff like that. This girl literally drops from, like, the ceiling, like, from nowhere, and she doesn't know why she's there. This tall thing that plays the piano cannot talk to her but can play the piano. Um, so when you're doing the musical parts of the game you are playing as as him um i will say the first two songs that you can play in this game beautiful piano pieces and i was like awesome and then it fucking takes a nosedive into songs that are not good <laughs> like i don't think the songs that are just piano are beautiful but then they have all of these songs that have really iffy vocals Synth. and yeah and that that was kind of a Really, dis- really iffy vocals. Really iffy vocals. I'd rather vocals. not hear you sing. Well, I think I think they were trying to make it like, oh, well, he's the p- playing the piano, and maybe the little girl is singing with him. But there okay. are some songs that have like a boy's voice, and I don't know where that voice is coming from. Um, and they just they're not like it. It took a turn into songs that I didn't find enjoyable to listen to over and over and over oh. again while trying to like beat. Well, and that's how a rhythm game is going to live or die, isn't yeah. it? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the piano song's great, but they're not all just piano songs. Right. And I think that if it had been, it would have kept with that quaint feeling instead of suddenly feeling like I was in a really weird alternate version of DDR. Right. That I didn't mm. want to be in, you know? Mm. <laughs> um, but the game, like, the the characters and the area that you kind of, like, walk around in and try to figure out why you're there, cute. Songs left me left me wanting, and that's the major part of the game, right? So that was kind of cute. disappointing. It, I, I, everything you just read this game is like there's a creepy slender man and a girl trapped no, in the world. You're like said, it's real cute. The beginning's very cute. I said cute. that he's a cute slender man. I don't know. None of Hold it sounds. None of it sounds I, cute to me. me I, I want it to be up. scary. I want it to be a horror game. Come on, game, open up. Like a musical horror game. Okay, because seeing the loading screen it definitely doesn't look terrifying. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> what? Oh, all right. Okay. Oh, it's kind of like cute. It's like if I was a deviant artist He's and I want to make cute, cute Slenderman. 
Yeah. Oh, you can kind of see yeah, him. Yeah, I can see him. Yeah, he's sort of adorable, right? Sort of adorable. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, he just wants to play. Look, he just wants to play the piano. That you definitely can't <laughs> see. You can't see it. <laughs> can't see it, but yeah, it's cute. And I wish that the music was better. That's my that's my final feelings on right, that I've, game. I've <laughs> uh, played a bit of I've played a bit of the Infinite Warfare multiplayer now. Uh huh. Oh yes. Oh, got, how's that doing? Did how's the COD stuff. Um, I mean it's basically the same as last year's. I mean honestly, I I haven't touched the single player yet. There's been a pretty good um, assessment of the single player. I think a lot of a lot of people seem to think it's pretty damn good, and it has a decent amount of replayability. With its YOLO mode. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, no. Well, what? <laughs> I mean, it's an acknowledgement along with the, uh, you know, the weed 420, like, things that you can put on your guns that that game, despite being an M-rated game, is marketed to 13-year-old boys. I mean, right. there is no question about that. Although they do have another mode, which is much more interesting, which is more like a Ranger mode from the Metro 2033 and Last Light games, where resources are super limited. Um, you have to... Um, collect helmets uh to protect your head otherwise you instantly die from a headshot Whoa. but the helmets wear down and eventually you have to replace them and there's like a lot of resource management stuff in that mode which sounds really cool plus you can upgrade um there's a real flight system in it where you have a fighter a space fighter and you can upgrade it and you can customize it throughout the game because those are real segments they're not just on rails like there's actual real like space combat which is neat that's cool uh but in terms of the multiplayer I mean, it is very much like the last one. There's, there's no doubt about it. The movement system is extremely similar similar to Black Ops 3. So you have the wall run like you had in Black Ops 3. Um, you have a little bit of a sort of double jump with your jetpack. You have uh, a little bit of parkour. You can do a slide. And you can... It's it, it never was as good as the way Titanfall kept its momentum going with movement. And it still isn't. Mm -hmm. It's It feels fine, but... They, you know, they really went hardcore with the movement system in advanced. Uh, it was Advanced Warfare, like which was two games ago, where they did a bunch of like air dashing, side dashing, back dashing. Like you could dash, you know, all over the place. That that to me was a great. That was game changer because it really changed the nature of the game. Um, it let you really focus on your skill being uh, as opposed to just like I spotted this guy first, so he's dead. Mm -hmm. Like you could because of your movement dodge bullets and like do some really cool shit. Right. They they pull back on that probably because of the console players because on a keyboard and mouse doing a lot of that fine trickery pretty easy to do, but on a controller doing the really fine movement and the really fast dashing backwards and forwards wasn't working out for them mm -hmm. so a lot of people complained about it the irony yes of people <laughs> saying cord never changes but when it does people complain right uh but with this it's it is super super similar you uh the rig system is a slightly expanded version of the exosuits and specialists they already had in black ops 3 so you have the the usual 10 point pick system where you can have you know if you want an attachment for your gun that's one point you want a perk here that's one point blah 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 mm. uh but your so-called rig there are currently six of them i think in the game it gives you um, a slight change in stats so there are some that move a bit faster some that are a little bit tougher um they all have a weapon which is like an ultimate that they build up over time which is like, again like the specialists in black ops 3 had this too so i was playing synapse who is a robot that you control and he's got two big sort of uh suppressed machine guns in his arms okay once he charges up to 100 percent, he can activate those uh but you also have a passive that slots in as well so in his case 
it was uh, every kill you get briefly increases your speed so that's like the extra part of the rig um which is a little bit more than what specialists were but it's still very much like same old same old i will say like weapon variety this time around there are some kind of weird weapons which is good because the further they go in the future the more they get away from m16s and ak's etc which right. i think is probably good for the series for the time being because we play with those way too much anyway um but aside from that it's the it's the same business there's no doubt for multiplayer anyway you know i'm not going to talk about the zombies in spaceland because i haven't checked that out yet the big difference is the weapon variants and the crafting system now so they've gone for a loot thing where there's like common weapons uncommon rare weapons epic weapons etc and they have traits some of which are fairly bizarre like there's one which changes your gun so that headshots no longer count but dick shots do Yo! <laughs> you shoot someone in the dick. No, that's my kind of card. Oh my yeah, god! And <clears throat> that actually, <clears throat> as much you know, the dick shot thing sounds ridiculous, but the idea of really changing the way that you're supposed to use the weapon and sort of throwing the conventions out of the window and making you learn a new skill instead of you know, I've learned to shoot sort of above the head, blah blah. Now you have to do different stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um and. They come through supply drops. There's some weird controversy surrounding that. I'm not entirely sure how true it is. Hmm. Um, because before launch, people were like, this game's going to be paid to win because there are certain weapons you can only get from supply drops. And people say, oh, that's microtransactions. I can't find a way to buy supply drops for real money in the game. Right. Like, so far, outside of the fact that if with the season pass you get, like, five free crates or whatever, they're still the same crates as the ones that you earn in-game for keys. After every match, you get keys and you beat missions, you get keys. With a certain number of keys, you can either open a common supply drop or a rare supply drop, which will usually be like, it's got camos in it, emblems, and probably a gun variant of some sort, which is level restricted. Mm -hmm. And there are there are mm -hmm. minor stat changes between those. And obviously with the those different characteristics, those different attributes to it with like, you know, the dick shot thing. And there's a lot of like more, less crazy stuff that makes your weapon, you know, a variant a little bit different. But mm -hmm. then... Um, right now, there are no... You can't buy weapons for real money. The The thing I think people are assuming is that they will eventually let you do that because they did that with Black Ops 3. Right. Right now, they don't at all let you do that. And there is a crafting system whereby you can take the shit that you don't want, break it down into salvage, and then build something you do want with it. Mm -hmm. And there are various like rarities of weapons and stuff like that. And it doesn't seem like that's very random because there is a system where it's like you can get the previous version of this and then upgrade to the next version, etc. The concern that I have with the system right now is that the matchmaking is fucking garbage. <laughs> it it dumps you in with people who are 40, 50 levels higher than you. Now, that was already a problem in previous COD games because of unlocks. You know, then maybe there's a certain gun later on that just happens to be a bit better because that's how the system works. Or, you know, you want a couple of combinations of different add-ons for the gun to make it work properly. Maybe a gun doesn't work properly unless you have the, the <coughs> foregrip and the angle grip and the suppressor and the quick fire and all that shit. Yep. And you don't have that from the start. And that's always, you know, that's always been a, a, a bugbear that I've had with it because it's like i'm already worse than these guys because they played more than me and now you're compounding it at least i can pick up the weapon off the ground if they die so at least there's that but um wasn't there like a big hullabaloo because 
Microsoft said that the Windows 10 version yes. was going to be going to have crossplay, and it doesn't. And it doesn't. Yeah, yeah that that is that's unbelievably shit. Like, don't buy if you're going to buy this game, don't buy it on the Windows 10 store at all. Mm-hmm. You can't play with Steam players. There are lots of people that getting means, refunds. Yeah, because, because they can't, there's no player base no as a result. There's plenty of people playing on Steam. It's certainly not like a massive blowaway success, but you know, it's got. It's got, I think, fifteen to 20,000 people playing like any given time. That's more than enough. But the problem is, again, with that matchmaking system, I'm getting dumped in as a level 6 with like level 50, 60s, and these guys have epic and rare weapons already that have certain traits mm-hmm. that I don't have access to. So that's, sort, that's the problem with that sort of loot system, as it mm-hmm. were, that you're going in and it's already the scales are tipped in their favor. It's already unfair. And with the time to kill in that game always being so low, there's there's definitely concerns about that i don't mind that they've decided to to try and innovate and really vary up the weapons great but if you're matching me up with people that have way better shit than i do that that shouldn't be happening you should be putting me in there with people who have the same level shit as i do or at least around that right so that that's kind of the big problem i've got with it outside of that it plays pretty much the same as uh as black ops 3 which was fun enough for a while you know it's all right (laughs) <laughs> the, the weird thing that I've now I've played all three of the big shooters from this month my final conclusion on them is fucking none of them innovate none of them and that That's includes Titanfall 2 despite all of the uh, fucking articles that have been written like you know this is a uh, uh, you know, people being used like combat evolved and stuff like that no did you not forget that game happened last year as well and it was in many ways extremely similar. <clears throat> yeah. That was the combat evolution. Titanfall One was when they did that. Titanfall Two is an iteration. Titanfall Two is another shot at it, and yeah, and it's an improvement. It's not innovative because they already did this game last right. year. And Battlefield One isn't innovative either, as I've explained for God knows how long. And neither is Infinite Warfare's multiplayer. So the three big shooters in this month, none of them really innovate in any real way. And I imagine, as a result, I'm probably not going to be playing any of them by the end of this year. Mm-hmm. Because they just won't keep my interest. I don't see what CODs single players like. I think that's where I'm interested in that. I don't know anything about the rest of it. But I think the single player story's got me. Everything I've seen so far, I'm like, alright, that looks cool. But I, I've had no interest in playing multiplayer. Yeah. It just I was like, alright, well, that's not for me. But that's oh, the yeah. way most of the multiplayer... Uh, just FPS games are right now. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. Yeah, uh, it's we've had a, a year of good campaigns, you know. Titanfall 2's campaign, I've, I've st- <coughs> I still haven't got to the part where it's actually made me say this is good. But everyone's saying, yeah, it was a great campaign, and a lot of positive stuff about Infinite Warfare's campaign as well. But Battlefield One sucked. But you know, we had Doom this year and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been a good year for that. But in terms of multiplayer shooters, the one that changed the game was Overwatch. Yeah, this year, not not any of the big dudes, mm-hmm. um, it, and that was much earlier in the year. But now we have the you know, Paladins and other games that are sort of springing that. It's like the hero shooter genre, as it were, is the one that's starting to rise now. Yeah, and the the regular multiplayer that we've seen in the last five years may be starting to stagger and stagnate, and there may be a drop in interest as a result. Mm-hmm. Good, maybe we'll get a yeah, increase good. in creativity. Yeah, hmm, hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, you know it. We, we have had quite enough of that, I think. No doubt. Because here's the crazy thing. Everything we got this year, a World War One shooter. A uh, a game where you're driving around in giant mechs. 
a game where you're having space space battles, like shooting on a ship. Mm. The concepts are there. Yeah. For sure. It's those are badass concepts. And you know somewhere there's a guy who's like, We're gonna make the best damn game ever, and then they just slip it like as a coat onto a thing that already exists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what sucks. Yeah. It's not the concepts, the ideas are awesome. It's what we get. It's what they they wrap those ideas around rather mm-hmm. than creating something new based on those ideas. Yeah. And that's been the big problem the last month or so, I would say. Yeah. Their investment to theme is relatively superficial. And Titanfall obviously has the strongest one because it has their own original universe. But again, it's not a breath of fresh air to me because I played the same game last year that they made. Right. It's a, it, certainly if you never played Titanfall, then absolutely pick up Titanfall too. It is a breath. It will be a breath of fresh air to you. But there is a two on the end of it. Yeah. We can't ignore that. You can't just pretend that the last one didn't exist right. to claim that this one is suddenly innovative. It's not. The last one was. This is ninety-five percent of that ideas with five percent of them changed. Mm-hmm. That's not innovation. That's iteration. It's the stuff we should have gotten in the first one. Yes. Yeah. Really. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, except that they're missing like one thing. It's like co-op horde mode which makes super sense in that game, isn't in the base game. Right. That'd be a, just get your friends and get mechs and then kill other yeah. mechs that like just keep coming at you. I believe that was added into Titanfall 1 as frontier defense. And you would have thought that would have been part of the base package. Mm-hmm. And it's not. And that's a really weird oversight yeah. to me. Yeah. Yep. I guess this is not the year for FPS. No. At least not if you want big changes anyway. And, it, and that's, I think, the, the problem, is that when everyone saw the trailers of E3, when everyone saw things that are coming, they expected those big changes. Yeah. People expected something that would change the game, and everyone was thrilled by it. And you saw the passion for Battlefield 1. And then the game came out, and it was like, thanks, thanks again for effing everyone over, guys. <laughs> it sucks. It sucks. Mm. I mean, I don't think it's... I mean, outside the campaign, which definitely sucks. I don't think the multiplayer is bad, but it's not... It's not good. It's not great. It, I've played it before. Right. You know, it's it's ninety eight percent Battlefield and two percent World War One. And the changes they did make are silly. Like they don't enhance the game. Like mm. I still think Behemoths is a fucking stupid idea. It sounds great on paper until you suddenly realize that that's just a giant moving gunboat of death that means that you're spending more time on the spawn screen until it eventually gets blown up. The interaction with it, in my opinion, isn't fun. To be honest, like, even, like, doing anything with it. Like, sitting in a turret on that fucking train, that's not interesting. Oh, it's a turret. Great. We haven't seen that before. I would love to know stats for those based on comebacks. Because the losing team gets those. Mm -hmm. And in games that I've played, I've never had a game where the losing team made the comeback based off of that. Like, the winning team eventually just overcomes... The multiple deaths, because that doesn't really affect anything. They overcome multiple, and then they're like, "All right, now we're back in this. We're gonna destroy you." Again. <laughs> it ju- it drags the match out. That's longer, exactly right. That's it, it is designed as a rubber band mechanic to make the matches seems closer than they really are. Yeah. And it has resulted actually in quite a lot of that. I have finished an unbelievable amount of conquest games where it's been a thousand tickets on the winning team and like nine nine six or nine nine eight, and I imagine that the that component is a real part of that mm-hmm. because you just get that part of the game where the other team's dying a lot more as a result of the presence of the thing. Yes. Um, so that's, and that allows, even though that's not capturing objectives, assuming the rest of your team's sensible, that means that it's clearing out a bunch of enemy players to make it easier for you to take the objectives. 
Yeah. yeah. If anything, it, it's helping the winning team because the losing team's like, oh, let's all get in this thing and kill them. It's like, yeah, okay, do that. <laughs> yeah, Stay out of our way. I'm going to avoid that your thing entirely and go to the other point over the other mm -hmm. side of the map. Yeah, we only need three of these guys. Have fun. You take the other ones. It's it's yeah. a it's a weird. I don't know. I don't know, man. I I wish I wish I had the passion. Like I was into Battlefield Four, and that's not even the best Battlefield game. And I was in that game. Although it might just... be now, after the amount of development they've put into it, you know that's yeah. a that's a really good game now. Yeah. yeah, I was super into it, and I just can't I can't get into this one, and it sucks because it's the one I want it like I wanted it to be the best one out of all of them. Yeah, yeah. I really oh, well. want to really take that formula and you know change it around because it's there's been too much of that and really they've had no excuse either because they they took they had three very different themes and even if you go like back to you know bad company 2 they still have battlefield vietnam as sort of the expansion pack for that so that's kind of like four different themes and eras you know and with the cops and robbers thing in particular there was so much potential with hardline to be way different than it was and it's like what this is this is just battlefield <laughs> except apparently the police have like I mean, it's weird, like, saying that now. It's like, oh, apparently the police have military vehicles. Oh, actually, they do now. Shit, fuck. But, you know, back then, it was like, oh, what? Why do they have helicopters with miniguns? Right. That's not a thing, you know? There could have, there's so much that could have been done with that game that yeah. wasn't. Oh, that's just, that was a fucking shame. Mm -hmm. And, and BF1's the same deal. Uh, I think people will definitely get tired of it. Because the modern desire for constant progression and always unlocking new shit, BF1 really doesn't do much of that. There's not a lot of guns. It doesn't take you long to get the ones that you want. There are basically no add-ons for any of the guns because it's World War One. Right. I mean, I think I've got almost everything I need or want in 20 hours of play. So the rest of it is just... I mean, I guess I could unlock this gun, but I'm not going to use it, mm -hmm. you know, because I, I've already the the guns are already similar enough that I found the one that works the best, and I'm just going to stick with that. So, I think that yeah, unless they do a they and they they are dropping some content. They they said they're adding a new free map, they're adding a new mode, which is an awful idea called Fog of War because <laughs> the game wasn't hard enough to see shit in already. They're making a mode where there's a permanent fog across the map. And Great. Your, Great. your view distance is even more reduced. The only reason I like that idea is it'll probably fuck snipers over. But it's outside of that, it's like, dude, I, this game is already can't see shit, the video game. Hopefully it already has way too particle effects, way too many explosions and sand in your face and shit. Driving would be impossible. Uh-huh. So that's gone. <laughs> so it's everyone on foot mm -hmm. running around trying to shoot each other. I imagine it'd be good for a laugh. But not good for something to play all the time. No, right. you get very sick of that very, very quickly. Yeah. No, whoever you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very, very sick of that very quickly, I think. Um, which is unfortunate. But I, I am very interested to see where we'll be at the start of next year in terms of which of those games has managed to retain, if at all. Um, maybe one of them ends up having a Rainbow Six Siege like Surge. Because mm -hmm. Siege actually has more players now than when it launched. That's fairly rare with how competitive a lot of multiplayer premium games are. Usually you see there's a fall off and it'll keep falling and keep falling. It'll maybe even out. You don't usually see a premium $60 game this far after launch actually have a bigger multiplayer player base. Right. And Siege 
has that because they've done such a good job with support of that game. What is Siege's numbers? Um, all I know is they were better than launch. Like their launch was, uh, their launch was a problem. The thing is that the problem is, of course, the game's on UPlay as well, so we can't just go and look at Steam Spy right and figure right. that out because a lot of that stuff's also done on UPlay. Right. But that Ubisoft has been repeatedly saying that their player base is now bigger than launch. And a lot of that comes down to the fact on launch the netcode was real shoddy. There were a lot of hackers. Mm-hmm. Um, there were problems with that game. Playing together was real tough. Yeah. Oh, that was a nightmare too. Yeah. Even just getting in a group via the awful multiplayer matchmaking interface was yeah, awful. Was... Yeah. Right. But it's got a hell of a lot better. They've added a ton of new content, new maps, new modes. They're even added. They're right now adding an awesome system for caliber-based wall destruction. Hmm. So the caliber of your gun's bullet affects the size of the hole you put in the oh, wall. Cool. Super cool. So that not only that changes the meta because most people have not been taking heavier weapons because there's no point. Mm-hmm. But now you know now that actually makes a difference. But it's also just such a cool idea. Like they went in such a radical direction with the the ter- the wall destruction and things being such a big deal, and the idea of the breaching being such an exciting experience mm-hmm. that it stood up against counter-strike you know even as a 60 dollars game it's people have actually said oh this game actually does do something different it really is worth playing instead of something because there's nothing quite like it yeah man i mean i usually don't like games where you die and then you're stuck watching the rest of the round siege it's exciting it's exciting to watch my team because i'm rooting for them because it's such a tense game and you really can have that one guy who sneaks around and gets all three and it's really awesome and yeah so you know the little all of those cool ideas like hey you got to watch the cameras oh you got to figure out where the cameras are so you can take them out you can spot people with that you send your drones in first to check things out those are all great massive innovations that no other game has done mm-hmm. yeah. so to me maybe it'll be siege that comes on and just demolishes everything by the end of next year because it is growing and it is doing well i'll probably spend the end of my year going back to that Hmm. instead of playing i probably won't play more battlefield one probably playing that much more cod maybe titanfall 2 but yeah maybe siege hmm. so there you go hmm. yeah we i mean i remember last week we looked up games that come out the rest of the year and yeah. there's not much there ain't so much. there's there's time <laughs> to go back and play a game you missed yeah i mean uh i think the two major releases for me are going to be dishonored 2 obviously friday um, yeah and we've got uh, I think at the start of December we have Space Hulk, mm. which I've been looking at for a while. They're, they've shown some footage. They haven't like let people play it, which is obviously a little bit concerning. But if that if they make that game good, that's going to be like you know the next Left for Dead for a while. Cool. Yeah, and I think people have a desire for that. Vermintide did really well, even though it had its problems. And we haven't had many. We've built this game for four player co op from the ground kind of games this year. Right. So I think there's a, there's definitely a space in the market for that. So for me, yeah, Space Hulk Deathwing is like really high on my agenda of I've got to play this and I hope it doesn't suck. Is there a Krampus game yet? I don't believe so. Somebody should make that. Yeah. Where like a bunch of people play kids and then Krampus is like trying to find all the kids. Yo, uh, there was actually an indie game that I, that I wanted to play, but I couldn't get to like film properly uh-huh. for Christmas last year. That was a game where you played as Krampus and you went around uh, collecting kids. It was a platformer. Okay. And you had to, like, get the bad kids but not touch the good kids. Right. Or else you'd, like, lose health. 
it was kind of fun. It was like yeah. a really stupid, really short indie game, but I'm down with you. Yeah. I think it'd be an amazing, like a fun, stupid Krampus. Yeah. We should probably also mention Tyranny, which is kind of flying under oh, the yeah, radar of people right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I I think I do have review code for it. Is it out? Um, it, they've been hyping it up. I don't know I, if it's I don't come think out it's yet. Out yet? Uh, <coughs> Tyranny release date. I'm pretty sure I have review code for this sitting. 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it is it's coming out. There's like within the next few weeks. I already said November 10th. That's yeah, three days, three days time. Sick. Uh, yeah, and Tyranny. Uh, for those who don't know, is the next game by Obsidian, mm-hmm. and it is a, a sort of a traditional sort of Planescape Torment, Baldur's Gate esque RPG, but. The, the wrinkle in it is that you are playing as the bad guys in a big way. The war no. between good and evil is done and evil won. Yeah. Now you're part of the, the evil regime. But of course there are different ways to be evil, you know? Totally. You, you don't have to it, it, you don't have to be a, it's yeah, it reminds me of like uh, Kotor when you were saying, you know, the sort of unlimited power kind of mm-hmm. level of evil and the the more pragmatic evil. Uh, they apparently it's supposed to be a, a real sort of experience of exploring what different kinds of evil can be from certain <laughs> perspectives. Yeah. I hope that my level of evil that I intend to be results in everyone rising up against me and I get to kill them all. <laughs> it's like, how dare you, Force Lightning? Can we all play this game and Tyranny? then, and then yeah. report back and be our, like... What our levels of evil yeah, are? Here's, yeah, here's how I went about Chaotic, evil. full chaotic. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, I'd love to. I don't know if I'll have the time. I hope so because these are you know obsidian big Massive RPGs. Massive games, yeah. always huge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the screenshots look great though. Mm-hmm. You know, it, Pillars of Eternity obviously was a phenomenal game, and Tyranny will hopefully be as good. It's just great to see that they've Obsidian have like found a new lease of life almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Paradox is publishing it. Great. You know they're awesome publishers. So hope to see that. So I think, like, what else is there for the rest of the year now? Things are starting um, to wind down. Yeah. I don't... Final Fantasy comes out end of the month. Yeah. yeah. Fifth, Final Fantasy 15, yeah. And then... Yeah, I remember we looked this up and we were like, there's really not particularly much. December was pretty empty. Yeah. A lot of the sports games are all starting to come out for the holidays. Right. Other than that, I don't know. I don't know there's much... Oh, yeah, all the way down. All the way down to December. Oh, boy, which Owl came out? Owl Boy. Oh, well, all that stuff. Um, a bunch of remasters. The Final Watch Dogs 2. Yeah, we keep forgetting uh, that yes. that exists. The Last Guardian. Forgot about that. Yeah. Pokemon. Pokemon. Pokemon, yeah. Steep, for those who care. I mean, that's yeah. you know, that's the new sport, extreme sports franchise from mm-hmm. Ubisoft. I personally don't really care too much about that. Um, the Dead crew, Rising. The car game. The crew's already out, right? That was out a couple of years ago. Is it? Yeah. No, this is the yeah. new. This is oh, the new, uh, new ultimate one? super edition. Oh, okay. Oh, calling all units so it's expansionized. I don't know if anyone's still playing the crew. Dead Rising Four. Yeah. Although I don't like the look of it, I'll be honest. I still think they're taking it in the wrong direction. Mm. It's just a stupid open world horror, horror hack slash now. Yeah. So yeah. the fucking timer is DLC for God's sake. <laughs> what are you doing? But that, I mean, just looking at it, most of it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, pretty like much the Amnesia the collection. Like, all right, sure, yeah. whatever. I mean, Watch Dogs Two still has the potential to surprise people. It does. I don't have massive whether or not people but... are going to give it the chance to surprise them. I'm not convinced. Well, yeah. I, I think one of the things that, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. I'm, I don't want to give any benefit of the doubt to Watch Dogs. I'm just, 
impress me. I'm not going to be like, I'll see what it's like. Yeah. Impress yeah. me before I go in, because the last one was jank. Yeah, I'm not going to go in with a grudge from the last game. I'm just going to say, all right, okay, this is a clean slate for you to maybe execute what you promised in the first place. Yes. And not just be Grand Theft Auto with a few magic powers, and hopefully also have a protagonist who is not utterly insufferable in every way. Mm. You know? I mean, this guy seems insufferable in his own way, but insufferable in an entertaining way, right. you know? Whereas yeah. Aiden Pierce is one of the least likable and least justified <laughs> i was gonna use the word likable <laughs> yeah it, it, what he did is unjustifiable like he and even then they they still played him off as the good guy despite the fact that he's actually just a raging asshole like, yeah there's no excuse for any of his bullshit yeah. and he's not even in, that interesting anyway whereas you know this new kid seems like he might be he might have a bit more of a personality to and him. i think the side characters in this one are a lot more fun like in the yeah, first they're one was goofy. Like, they're very mr yeah, yeah. robot the first but... one was like it's the female hacker and she's got tattoos la 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 like Okay, now you have a cast of characters like this guy has a face weird, that weird digital yeah. mask. Yes, guy. like that's interesting <laughs> yeah. and neat, and it might be cheesy as hell in the game, but at least I'm like, all right, you have my attention. I yeah. might come back to check this out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I hope so. It's that we haven't had a huge number of open world. I think the open world saturation is starting to go down, mm -hmm. probably because those games cost a shitload of money to make, Good. and I think you know. Thank we, God. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had we had quite a few earlier this year that just sort of fell on their face, really. And then obviously, like late last year, we had a ton of open world games. But it might, you know, it might be good. Mm -hmm. I hope so. I'm, I don't hope for it to fail. You right. Know, Watch Dogs was always like a really interesting looking new IP. It just they they Ubisofted it. That's the problem. Yeah. And thankfully now they're moving a bit away from Ubisofting everything and making the same game over and over again in different genres. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that works. Uh, hopefully the PC version's also not shit. When when towers are the brand. Oh, God, That's yeah. your brand? That's a problem. Yeah. They had radio towers in their car game, for God's sake. <laughs> huh? mm -hmm. The only way it could have been worse is if you literally had to drive up them. Thankfully you didn't, but... Yeah, it's like, it was radio towers and the crew was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> there's, I mean, there's basically radio towers for all intents and purposes in Far Cry Primal. It's true. A Stone Age game has radio towers for all... Yep. Basically. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Please stop that. Just, just no. Uh, no, we did not forget to mention South Park. They it pushed delayed. it back. It got pushed. Yeah, yeah, there's actually been a few games been pushed in 2017. Yeah, that that being one of them. Yeah, many games been pushed back. Uh, For Honor has as well. Yeah, right. yeah. Yep. There was another one that just got pushed back this week, and I don't remember what it is. Crap. Mm. It was a big one too, and they were like pushed it back again. Um... Let me see if I can find anything. Yeah, South Park. I like how I mean, fifteen got pushed a couple of times, but not that yeah, far. Yeah, Cuphead got pushed. Cuphead, Cuphead got again pushed. got pushed. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, th this this website is like wrong about half the stuff, but uh, this, these are like ones claiming like, like these got hugely delayed. I think Gravity Rush two, uh, Persona five. Yeah. Yeah, Gravity Rush two got pushed to January. Mm -hmm. Um, Persona five got pushed to February. February. Horizon Zero Dawn. That's got one pushed. of the big ones that I was yeah. mad about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Neo Automata as well. Um, Mass Effect. Andromeda. Although the trailer we got today was super dope. I don't care that it was like CGI trailer. That shit was hype. I was. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I'm I, in. I don't I'm mind in. if like one of their trailers is a CGI trailer because it's just cool for world building. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like cool as long as you just show us gameplay as well on top of that. That's fine. Totally. As long as all your shit is the CGI, then that's fine. Happy yeah. N7 day, everybody. By the way. Hey. Indeed. Uh, obviously Zelda. Yeah. But that's because of you know the release of the the Switch. 
Scalebound. Scale I don't even know what the hell's going on with that game. That, that, yeah, dude. that's one of those things that in concept you're like, that seems fun. But in reality, you're like, how the fuck would they make that work? <laughs> like, that and, looks and, and the footage they show did not inspire confidence, it I right. admit. That was very weird. Uh, the new Gran Turismo got pushed and Bloodstained as well um, is actually now pushed to 2018. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're, I guess that's good. They're not going to pull a mighty number nine on it. They actually want to make it good. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. Oh, but below got. Yeah, we don't know when below is. Yeah, coming we don't out. know anything. Yeah, that was supposed to come out this year and didn't. Yeah. Ah, Dead Island Two. That may never. Come that's out. never coming out. Yeah. That's that's done. I think. Probably um, what was it? Hell Hell Raid as well, which was the game they were making. Yeah. yeah. Oh, which is a shame because I really game. wanted to play that. That looks really like, cool. Hacking skeletons, battle big axes and swords. Yes. Yeah. That's that's fun. Cool. I think that kind of wraps us up because you got to go uh, make uh, make some serious. Well, I'd say money, but no, make no. some content with make some, some important serious people. Serious content. Make some serious, <laughs> content. serious content with some important people. And yeah, that pretty much wraps up the show. Thank you very much for watching the podcast, folks, from the live from the Weeb Den in Cox Towers. And our sponsor this week was Squarespace.com/cooptional because any idiot can make a website. Go do that. You sh sure. you should. You, you should go, go do that <laughs> we're about done keep an eye on our channels streams will be coming over the next few days all that good shit and we will see you next time goodbye